This is a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Nick Helm and Nathaniel Metcalf's fan club on Fubar Radio. Good Friday. It's Good Friday. Sorry. Just finishing off my cocaine. <laughs> You're ace to cocaine. Good Friday, did I say? I mean, a great Friday. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we, we don't have any cocaine in the studio. That's uh, a terrible habit. Uh, so, uh, And it's frowned on. Much frowned like trampled. a nun's habit, much like Catholicism. Much Happy like Easter. Mary's habit. Mary's habit. Mary's filthy habit of, uh, of accepting money. For sex, sexual favor, sexual favors. Mary Magdalene. No, I just knew a girl called Mary. <laughs> Went to school with her. We all thought, you know, great things were going to happen. And anyway, it's a bit of a sad story. Uh, it's Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Nick. Uh, How what, was your Maundy Thursday? What, did you do last night. Bloody Maundy Thursday. Uh, if every night was like Maundy Thursday, <laughs> then uh, I, I wouldn't be seeing a lot of mornings. Um, I'd be dead. So much cocaine. <laughs> well, that's um, traditional on Monday Thursday. Celebrating uh, uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, by uh, visiting all the prostitutes called Mary I know. <laughs> uh, uh, what a what a night it was! They all came over. Actually, uh, we had a big old um, last supper. You had that uh, didn't you? First? Last supper. Well, uh, I was. Uh, yeah, it was delicious, uh, but it wasn't the plate I was licking by the end of it. Um, <laughs> Happy Easter! Ha- Happy Eater! That was uh, <laughs> that was my favourite was restaurant. They, Happy Easter, they, everyone! That's what they called me last night. Um, uh, no, little chef, just uh, <laughs> little chef. Uh, how about average-sized chef? Uh, literally. Uh, <laughs> oh. no. Hey, you're in the food bar uh, studio. We, you, you're joining uh, me, uh, Nick Helm, and Nathaniel Metcalf. Uh, in the <laughs> you know my name? In the, I just realised that you should be saying it. Um, what's happened was uh, we were just about to go on air, and then someone opened up a big bag of cocaine, and it's just <laughs> in the air. It's the dust, and we're just inhaling it. Mm. No, we're anti drugs. Uh, very much anti-drugs. Well, I'm anti-drugs. Nathaniel's un- uh, uncle drugs. Um, so, uh, <laughs> no, uh, against. I'm against uh, um, uh, narcotics. Uncle drugs sounds like it could be like a song from a '60s band who haven't uh, aren't very good at covering up things. Sure. Or um, here he comes. Th- he's uncle drugs. The new show on Netflix. <laughs> uncle drugs. <laughs> uncle drugs. <laughs> Starring that comedian that's new that you've never heard of. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, uh, it writes itself from there, really. Anyway, uh, my name's Nick Helm. Uh, my name's Nathaniel Metcalf. And you're listening to Nick and Nathaniel Metcalf's Fan Club. club. It's getting out there. It's getting out there. We haven't said this in a while. It's not our fan club. No, 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 no. It's not my. F- it's not a fan. Not <laughs> <laughs> not a visual joke, that. <laughs> I drank a lot. I drank a lot of Pepsi Max just before Pepsi Max, uh, we went on air, Thank and you. Um, I had a little burp, uh, but I, I moved away from the camera to do it. It's uh, like right, a dramatic pause. I, I, I moved away from the microphone to uh, to to shield the listener for it and. To, Luckily, uh, Nathaniel covered by saying, no, 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 no. <laughs> Great content there, guys. Great content. Professional. 
WTF. That's our new... Oh, no. That's our new... Uh, that's <laughs> horrific. I couldn't believe it was happening, WTF. Um, we've got another couple, but let's get to a genuine WTF moment on this Easter coming live. Live, live. at 12. Uh, on Easter, for Good Friday. On Good Friday. Um, uh, 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 first rule of fan club is... Tell your, tell your friends about fan club. Second rule of fan club is please, please for, for the love, love of God, God. just tell, tell your, your friends. friends. I don't. I genuinely don't believe some of you are telling your friends. Not all your friends. Nah. I mean, to be fair, um, it is a very uh, uh, niche niche show, and I am sort of anticipating that a lot of our listeners don't actually have any friends and that's fine uh, and that's what uh, me, me and Nat are here to do to step in and be your surrogate, um, your surrogate audio friends uh, and uh, do you know what uh, uh, neither of us have an awful lot going on so <laughs> if you were to see us in the street we would possibly you know pass the time with you so uh, that, there's always that then you don't really get that service from a lot of other podcasts do you? they're just in and out and then they ask for likes and subscribes and we would never do that some ask for money as well some they? ask for fucking money but hey but hey you like you like that shit that i just said out of my mouth then uh, then but be my patreon and i i do not agree with that at all you know um you know they're asking for sometimes like uh, one, pound, one pound two pounds five pounds five ten pounds a hundred pounds thousand pounds whatever you can spare mm. please send it in mm. That's what they're saying. That's not what we're saying. Uh, you know, if if you were to send money into the Food Bar Radio Studio, uh, just to sort of like keep it going, me and Nat get paid very little for doing the two hours a week. Uh, we actually get paid the exact same that we got paid for uh, doing the one hour a week. And then we got... Um, uh, Extended. They said, hey, the show's doing really well. It's doing gangbusters. Uh, let's, let's boost you up for an hour. Uh, I saw you do that face there, Natalie. I saw you. I saw you. I said, I said. I said the show is doing gangbusters, and she sort of like uh, cocked her head in a way and, and grimaced in a way that was like, uh, "Well, it's not really doing gangbusters." But you've never given us the figures, and I think it's because they're either so high that you didn't want it to get to our heads. But I'm suspecting now <laughs> it might be the opposite. It might be the opposite. It's just two guys talking in a room <laughs> to themselves, to each other, to each other. Oh, anyway, I was in the middle of a flow there, and uh, like a I, I can't remember what it was. We're talking about donations. Oh, God, so many donations can be pouring into uh, other... We, uh, uh, w they didn't increase our salary for doing this show. So, um, so we do. We do. We get. The, we get. We, we, I don't know if you go all the way back. If you go all the way back, all the way back to uh, the first, uh, the first show with Joel Tomet, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> aka Jack Barry. Um, if you go all the way back to that, that was only an hour. That's a very good Jack Barry impression, Joel Tomet. Very good. Really, really. I mean, he can only do the one. Sure, but he does it well. He does it really well. Joel Tomet can only do the one impression, and it's of Jack Barry, but. In that instance, it would have really helped because it was radio that uh, he'd have just spoken in his own voice. Mm. It was the first, uh, the flagship episode. Anyway, uh, we boosted it up to two hours, and um, but you just assume that you're going to get paid twice as much. But no, you get paid per slot, apparently. Oh, estimated time of arrival. Um, hmm, I've got a delivery coming to my new flat. So, um, 
Uh, just, uh, I, I got quite a telling off a few weeks ago uh, from uh, uh, John Robin treating bacon on. Oh uh, yeah. On thing, but so I've, I've given it up and now I'm eating lettuce. That's good because now you're not eating bacon. You're eating lettuce, ham, and chicken. Well, I'm just eating lettuce now. Yeah. Let us entertain you for the next one hour and 52 minutes. 52 minutes. Um, We're rattling through it this week. Um, (laughs) uh, Can you please uh, message us in and tell us what you're planning to do for Easter? Um, I was saying, it's so partridge, isn't it? Um, What I was saying, uh, I I don't really like uh, chocolate. No, and you don't like eggs. I love chocolate, actually, but I love chocolate too much. I hate eggs. Eggs are just absolutely repulsive and repellent to me. Uh, and people that eat eggs, um, I, I, mm, I, find it, I find it difficult uh, dealing with that. Mm. It's, a, it's a process that I have to go through. Um, I just think that they're ghastly. Uh, chocolate, <laughs> I love too much. You've got to um, stay away from it. Uh, yeah, I just it's, I'm a, all or nothing with chocolate. Um, uh, so, so there's that. So what I tend to do for Easter is um, is what I do is uh, you know the uh, the plastic shells that you get uh, that surround an Easter egg, sure. the, the plastic molds that yeah. protect the Easter eggs. What I do is I get one of them and I pack it with lamb. And I <laughs> uh, every Easter I have a lamb egg. Um, Oh, it's just solid lamb. It's not like a shell of lamb. No. Solid lamb. It's very much similar to uh, to eating on the the end of a a banister. (laughs) Eating the knob of a banister. Just dried out lamb. That's what... uh, Well, it's quite appropriate to the season. Sure. That's why. Nah. Yeah. That's why I picked lamb. <laughs> that's funny. I mean, you saying that's appropriate to the season, that's sort of like... Gilding the lily. Well, it's pointing at the fucking obvious. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Uh, Easter. Um, <laughs> Abby Titmus. Uh, so... We should get her on. It's the most so, wonderful time, time of the year. Of the year. Um, it is a movable feast, though, Easter, isn't it? Um, it is, literally. Oh, let's not fucking talk about Easter. Oh, this is a pre-record three weeks in advance. Uh, <laughs> Four weeks. We're not. We're, Four, Easter's very late this we're year. We're not fucking in a studio on Easter. Of course not. Easter's the most important day of the year for me. We're in church. I'm in church. <laughs> Upper prostitute <laughs> called Mary. Um... Uh, I'm not. Um, although there's nothing wrong with that. It's 2019. So <laughs> um, uh, here yeah. we go. Now we're off. Um, uh, I don't really know how to start this episode. Um, well, we could say, what have, what have we been a fan of? Well, what have you been go? a fan of for this last week? Say what I've been a fan of this week, Easter mm. week. Is the film The Wild Geese? Have you seen The Wild Geese? Yeah, The Wild Geese. I think, uh, yeah. So, uh, so the wild... <laughs> What's being a f- I, I, I really enjoyed it. I can't. I couldn't tell you if it's good or not. Oh, The Wild Geese is not a good film. <laughs> the Wild Geese is, is a terrible. Film. I enjoyed so, it, but uh, The Wild Geese is a uh, is um, uh, well. I suppose it's Easter lunch, and uh, what, what bird are we going to have? Let's let's eat some wild, wild geese. geese. 
Um, so, uh, who directed The Wild Geese? I think, oh, it's one of the guys who does the Bond films of that era. I can't remember his name. I think what it's called Andrew. What, so it's yeah. like late 70s. So late 70s. So it stars Richard Burton. Richard Burton. Richard Harris. And Roger Moore. Roger Moore. And was there another Wild Goose? There's lots of Wild Geese, but they're the three main... They're the three main ones. Three so main but ones. It's confusing because there's the sequel that has other people of that. I've not elk. seen the sequel. I quite fancy it Is now. the sequel got uh, Michael Caine in it? It might be. No, I think you might be thinking The Eagle Has Landed. No, I'm not thinking of that. That's no. the one with uh, uh, Clint Eastwood in it, isn't it? Uh, that's uh, uh, maybe that is that one. Maybe that is what. Maybe isn't the eagle has landed the one on the uh, uh, the fucking uh, what do you call the fucking thing? I know exactly the what ski you lift, mean. The yeah, lift. is that is that eagle has landed? Maybe uh, that is. And that's Richard Burton and uh, Clint Eastwood, isn't it? It might be. Yeah, is that one eagle has landed? Which one am I thinking of? What's the one with the Nazis invade the UK? The Nazis invade the UK. I'm thinking of uh, the boys from Brazil. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> They're all basically uh, the same. What's going on here? Oh, there we go. Ben Simmons, it's British film directed by John Sturgis uh, and starring Michael... Co- well, what the fuck am I thinking of? What's the one Clint Eastwood? The I know Clint what you Eastwood mean. One? He's wearing like a white parka. Yes, I know what you mean. You mean um, the... Andrew V. McLaglan directed... Uh, what? Where Eagles Dare? Where, Where Eagles, Eagles Dare. Dare. Of course it is. Of course it is, yeah. So, uh, right, OK. Um, These are all very similar films. Um, I've, I've got to say, Natalie, when you're pressing that button, you're cutting yourself off. It's almost like uh, you're pressing it uh, and it cuts you off when you talk and then when you take it off, I can hear you drinking tea. Are you sure there's not a problem that you're on? No, I can't hear you now. No. But press the button and talk to me. I can hear you now. What you're doing is you're doing it wrong. What you're doing is you're talking and then pressing the button and then taking it off just as you get to the end of the sentence. Uh, it's a rookie error, but uh, one that you really need to correct yourself on. So we listened to Nick and Nat's fan club on Football Radio. It's Easter weekend. The weekend has landed. The eagle has the landed. Legal. The um, Easter has landed. The, so, right, so... So, right, we've got to get these. So, so these are all... So, British film directed by John Sturgis, starring Michael King, Donald Sutherland and Robert Duvall. This is the fella. Uh, so, oh, as I call him, Robert Duvay, because whenever I watch a film with him, it feels like a gentle, warm hug from an old friend uh, who's in a duvet. So, um, uh, Nat- Natalie, can you just tell us who was in uh, Wild Geese 2? Uh, and so also the Wild Geese one. Uh, g- give us the information on Wild Geese one and Wild Geese two. Uh, let's do it. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we are going to get in depth to the Wild Geese. Well, I guess these are all men on a mission films, aren't they? Um, um, yes. So that's what we could talk about. This could what be was the one with Donald Sutherland and Clint Eastwood, uh, Kelly's Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another one. That's another the one. Dirty Dozen. Uh, um, the Wild Geese. The Ridiculous Six. <laughs> um, man, what a movie! Um, this is this is Patrick Stewart. This Patrick is, Stewart is a too. Russian general. Make it so. <laughs> Make it. Sh- um, be better if he was. I don't know any Russian. No, but yet. Make it yet. Yes. Make it schnell. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be if he was a German. German. Yeah. German. Um, Okay, so The Wild Geese One, starring Richard Burton, Roger Moore, Richard Harris, uh, Stuart Granger. Yes, he's the sort of baddie. He's a baddie, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Frank Finley, Barry Foster, yeah. David Ladd. 
Uh, Patrick Allen. Mm. And Wild Geese too. Oh God, no, uh, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn is the guy that I always mistake for uh, David Carradine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally see that. Um, uh, Barbara Carrera. <laughs> I don't know, Barbara Carrera. Edward Fox, Laurence Olivier. Bloody hell. Did he now? Great stuff. Um, Laurence Olivier, of course, uh, the worst actor that ever lived. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I, do, I do think. Which, uh, which Bond film was Barbara Carrera in? I don't know. Look it up. God, we don't know anything this week. No. Never say never again. Never say never again. Uh, which is obviously not an official Bond movie. No. Never. Never, never say, say never, never again. again. Never say never again. If I sing for more than five seconds, that bit will be cut out of the show. <laughs> We're never not allowed to, on the on the podcast. Um, this microphone is very loose. Um, <laughs> Uh, Barbara, Barbara Carrera. Uh, is she any relation to Tia Carrera, or is it just a coincidence? We'll never, we'll never know. No, we'll never know. Anyway, so the Wild Geese. The Wild Geese um, starts off. Richard Burton. Uh, who directed it? Uh, Andrew. Was it V? V. McLagan was it? Andrew V. McLaglan, I think his name is. Okay. Well, and he directed lots of kind of Roger Moore era. Bond films around the time as well. So what year was the... Oh, God, come on. We have I think it's 78. Where's the fucking info, Nat? I mean, we can't type and talk. It's literally, you knew that. I wrote it on my CV. I'm not a multitasker. I can barely, you know... Um, sorry, I just took the lid off of Pepsi, proving my own point. 1985. 1985. It's late... 1982. No, n- 1985. Wild Geese. Was Wild Geese 2. What's Wild Geese 1? We're clearly not asking about Wild Geese... 1978. What? And then seven years later, they made a sequel. Starring oh. Laurence Olivier. Fucking hell. There's that whole era of uh, actor, male actor, male leading actor, where uh, they were all fucked. It was just like, <laughs> uh, we, uh, it's over, guys. It's really over. Laurence Olivier playing, uh, starring fifth on the fifth on the cast list in the belated sequel to the <laughs> semi-hit Wild Geese. Um, um, so I think we've. So go on, tell us about Wild Geese. I've got some facts about Wild Geese. That I when is it released in South Africa? That's what I want to know. Is, is, do they go into South Africa? In they do, but I'm just interested where it might be. What the South African release date of Wild Geese movie? 20th of June, 1978. Um, in the Wild Geese, so Richard Burton. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Burton. Was it set in South Africa? It's set in like an African country, which, I, which doesn't feel like a real country. Right. Uh, Richard Burton is brought in, he, and he's asked, he doesn't want to, he's a retired colonel, so doesn't want to, doesn't want to get back into it. Whereas they give him lots of money to form a group to go in and basically kidnap uh, the general of a, a fictional African country to sort of smuggle him out. Same plot as Expendables. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same. Basically, very similar films, really. No, because <laughs> because Expendables has a plot where you go, yeah, I absolutely can see how that's going to play out. And then it almost... Uh, Stubbornly refuses to make the <laughs> film that they promised to make. The Expendables is fucking insane. Where you've got 
Um, oh, Jason Statham's available this week, so Stallone and Statham go on <laughs> a fact-finding mission to the to the island that they're going to invade a bit later. So they go, take some photos, and then they come back again, and you go, well, why are they going back and forth? <laughs> Why are they going back and forth? They need to get on the island, they need to be trapped on the island, and then they need to fight for their lives. To get off the island. To get off the island, like Predator. You put, like, a bunch of big guys in the jungle, they're all expendable, and um, and they get killed, and, and, you know, they all have, like, their moment, and then by the end of it, there's, like, a ragtag group of guys that have got through it all. The Expendables plot is so complicated purely because they weren't all available on the same days <laughs> that you just go, it's fucking, in- it's insane, The Expendables mm-hmm. 1, Expendables 2 slightly better, Expendables 3, the most coherent of the three. Still awful. Um, but I like it the most. But, like, fucking, so that's what I always found annoying. Well, I suppose this is the film as it's supposed to be done. Albeit one which is not really boring, not the most successful film. And you don't want to see these actors doing these things in this. <laughs> Richard Burton, Roger Moore, and Richard Harris. Uh, uh, it starts off. You know, it's got you know the three main stars: Richard Harris, Richard Burton, Roger Moore. So when Richard uh, Richard Burton starts forming the team, his number one choice, and I'm going to go for fourth. It's Sean Flynn, and you go right. Sean Flynn. And you think immediately, well, it'll be Richard Harris, won't it? The Irishman Richard Harris. <laughs> of the three, of the three stars of it, you know, it's going to cut to, cut to Harris doing something. Um, Burton's going to come in and recruit him. Instead, it cuts to Roger Moore's Roger. sweaty face as he's bearing down on a woman a third of his age. Pretty much. And it's like, hello, I'm the Irishman Sean Flynn. Hello, I'm Sean Flynn. I'm terribly sorry. I'm up to me nuts in guts. <laughs> you see, it's, it, that's pretty much, that's pretty much. I think I'm attempting anal. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, good old Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Um, and you've got... And I think Richard Harris' character, he's called... The name's Flynn. Sean Flynn. <laughs> and you sort of, he, he basically comes in, and his, his first big action scene is... Lock up your daughters. Sean Flynn's in the house. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the best Roger Moore impression. No, it's good, but it's a fun but one, isn't it's it? It's a fun one. It's, it's a just, fun one. It's just fun to talk like that, isn't it? He makes a drug dealer eat some... A child's, quis- cri- a child's Christmas in Wales. I'm Richard Burden. <laughs> a child's Christmas in War of the Worlds. I'm Richard Burden. Not great, Richard it's not Burton. Good, but it's, it sounds like something. It's got so, something. Sounds like it's on. Make it so. It's no Patrick Stewart, which is, I think we'll all agree. Is he in the room? <laughs> is he in the room? Is he in the room? Um, I'm Richard Burton's. Oh. What size is your inner leg? <laughs> What's your inner leg measurement? And your waist? And what's your chest? And what shirt size do you wear around the neck? Certainly, sir. We'll have that ready for you in two weeks. <laughs> it's Richard Burton's. Another uh, one of our characters. <laughs> the character. Uh, there he is. <laughs> um, oh. Uh, Natalie's given us another eagle film. Uh, Iron Eagle. 
on the attack. Well, of course, uh, Alice Cooper did uh, the theme tune for Iron Eagle 3. Uh, I didn't know there was an Iron Eagle 3. Oh, there's all of them, mate. Uh, so carry on with this. Uh, uh, carry on. Well, my go on, wild geese. What have you got to say about wild geese? Because <laughs> no, I've got stuff to say, but I realise that uh, there's got, they've got the character who's um, one of the wild geese is a gay wild goose who is seen is very very stereotypical gay character, but he's also seen as very brave, <laughs> which they're all which shocks them all. Shocks them all. They're all going to make a lot of money, of course, and they say, "What are you going to spend the money on?" To the gay character, and he goes, "Oh." I think I'll give mine to the proctologist. He goes, what's that? He goes, oh, my bum doctor, he says on camera. <laughs> and he goes, I mean, I don't think anyone's ever said this. <laughs> As if that's what he would do with his money. Why would he give it I to... I don't know. Don't know. He's got a bum doctor who's oh. obviously a professional. Yeah, that's he's, who he's got to do he's his studied, money to. He studied, like, what, eight years at medical sure. school? To get he's probably got point. a lot of money. He's not a male prostitute. <laughs> no. He doesn't have to pay the bum doctor to look at his bum. And this is how warped <laughs> the films of the 1970s were. Um, the name's Moore. Roger Moore. <laughs> um, it's an it's a bizarre am, film. I am also a bum doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> I'm a doctor. <laughs> a bum doctor. <laughs> um, Is it? Someone's having a heart attack on a plane. Well, well I'm a bum doctor. Perhaps I can be of assistance. I'm a bum doctor. <laughs> What sort of a doctor are you? Hang on a minute. This woman's having a heart attack. Is there a doctor on the plane? I'm a doctor. Oh, thank God. Can you help Can you help resuscitate this woman? I'll certainly give it a go. Hey, what, what, what are you doing? What kind of a doctor are you? I'm a bomb doctor. Nine dead. Um, so... Um, my favourite fact about the wild geese is that, uh, and this is, like, Roger Moore was, um, when he died, there were all these uh, stories that came out about what a legend he was mm. and how nice he was and all of that stuff. And then there was that David Bowie story which painted him to be a real ruddy prick. I've not heard that. Oh, really? Mm. There was, uh, um, I really love Roger Moore. Roger Moore is my James Bond. Uh, it's, a, it's a series of films that I care very little about and I'm still kind of, like, bewildered that they're making them. Um... In a world of, I mean, the fact that the James Bond f- franchise survived the Terminator Two. Do you know what I mean? It's just like mm. once you've seen, once you've seen what other people, other franchises can do, and you go, you're still making James Bond films. It's fucking crazy. Um, but I really, Roger Moore was on TV when I was growing up. I think that's basically. It's not who's the best. It's who was on telly the most. No, and also he's one of those people that when you see him, you go, I do like him. I like he's one of those actors who does that thing where, when they go, oh, what's your secret? And he's he's always like, well, I can't act. I'm just very lucky. (laughs) He's one of those people, and I always like those people who just go. I'm actually quite terrible, just because I'm quite good looking. I got lots of parts. He's the same thing. You go, yeah. It's basically what I did on The Saint, <laughs> but for more money. <laughs> um, it's uh, so I, I like Pierce Brosnan as well. I like Timothy Dalton. I think they're all quite likable people. Mm. Not Sean Connery, um, but uh, the, I like I like I like them all. Um, anyway, so David Bowie, uh, 
goes to uh, he's like holidaying in uh, the Alps. I think he's got a ski. He's got a ski lodge in the Alps, and uh, he goes up there. And lo and behold, uh, his neighbour is um, Roger Moore. And Roger Moore is famous, and David Bowie's famous, and Roger Moore pops over, and um, he comes in to David Bowie's uh, chalet and introduces himself and says, I'm Roger Moore, <coughs> and you are? Yeah. I'm David Bowie. Um, <laughs> I can do them all, but I won't for the purposes of just getting through the story. Um, <laughs> play with your toys, Sarah. Forget about the babe. Um, Labyrinth. So, uh, <laughs> it's Easter. It's, of course it's Easter. Where, 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 where's the card game? Where's the card game? Of course it's Easter. It's the time for games, family, fun. Uh, that's it. Um, uh, and lamb eggs. So, um, <laughs> what, oh, God, it just sounds disgusting. Um, so, so... Roger Moore comes around David Bowie's house and he says, hello, how are you doing? And uh, David Bowie goes, oh, that's great. Do you want to come in for a drink? And Roger Moore goes in and proceeds to drink, uh, smoke his cigars, uh, drink all of David Bowie's brandy and just regale him with anecdote after anecdote about, uh, you know, the life of Roger Moore. David Bowie goes, this is incredible. This is brilliant. He goes, all right, see you later. And Roger Moore goes back to his chalet and then the next day uh, Roger Moore knocks on the door and David Bowie goes like oh it's Roger Moore and so Roger Moore comes in and goes hello David uh, and he sits down and he proceeds to smoke <laughs> cigars uh, dr- drink all of uh, David Bowie's alcohol and just regale him with the same anecdotes from the day before and David Bowie's like oh um, okay that's that's fine um, um, all right and then they get to the end of the night and Roger Moore uh, goes right. and then uh, the next day Roger Moore knocks on his door <laughs> comes in smokes cigars drinks all of David Barry's alcohol and tells him the same anecdotes again <laughs> right and Roger Moore's like and David Barry's like going fucking hell what do I do it's Roger Moore um, how do I get how do I get rid of him and then uh, it happens like for a week and then eventually Roger Moore knocks on the door and David Barry hides underneath the table and pretends <laughs> to not be in that's the story. But I think it's kind of like, I can't remember whose death it came out after. It was probably David Bowie. And it was just like, look at David Bowie uh, sticking his finger up at the old guard. And you go, oh, I don't, I don't know if I like that story. I don't know if I like David Bowie enough to uh, enjoy him. Make it. It must be com- conflicting for you. No, I think it's quite funny. You love I like both. the idea of both of them going in. Uh, I like the idea of him hiding from him, so he won't do the same story again. I like Roger Moore, but I imagine there is a time when you'd go, I've seen you enough now, Roger. <laughs> no, I don't think. Well, yeah. if you're in the same stories, if he's yeah, coming yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roger Moore, there's that book, isn't there, where he wrote a book for one of the Bond films. Uh, that you always sort of see. I've never read it, but you often see people often post like little highlights of it. I mean, it's a book I think he made when he was making something like Live and Let Die or one of them. And it's basically like a little book, kind of for kids, I think, like a little kind of cash-in book about like what was happening when he was making uh, <coughs> Live and Let Die or one of his films. Like that, a behind-the-scenes book? Yeah, kind of like a behind-the-scenes book. But it's all like stories of like Roger Moore on the set going, so I had a stunt to do, but of course I've been some prawns the night before. 
So I just shat myself. <laughs> so it's all like that, but as James Bond. And it's a bit where like he goes mental because he and in the book and he it's that thing where he's like he's obviously very starry, but he's doing this thing where he's like But of saying, course I've eaten some prawns the night before. So I just shat myself. I mean <laughs> And there's one where he 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 goes mad because his hairdresser hasn't hasn't been flown out to Jamaica. And he's like, But I need my haircut. And he's like, I'm not paying to have it, yeah. We'll just get a hairdresser from Jamaica to do it. He's like, oh, I want my hairdresser flown out the cost of minutes. <laughs> so it's all right. If he's like, it's that thing where he's not really coming across well, but at the same time you're going, no, stick by your guns. You're James Bond, why not? Oh, I'd love to read this book. Yeah, I would. Mm. But um, it's that, like, whenever you see him, he's like, he's like, oh, well, why do you think you've been... Us play James goes, well, I don't know, I'm a coward. And one of those guys, he goes like, well, I wouldn't do that, imagine that. I'd be... Uh, uh, it beat me to a pulp. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> this idea that he's sort of this action hero, but is totally kind of ill-equipped to be the character he's playing. Yeah, well, it sort of becomes the fun thing about it. He didn't really have to do uh, a lot of like stunt work, did he? No, and I guess he removed a lot of that kind of sort of actual kind of physical combat. He mainly, uh, yeah, he mainly survives uh, by uh, judo chopping people. <laughs> um, was the thing I like most about? Roger Moore in the Wild Geese is that uh, he was in a he was in a film with uh, Richard Burton and Richard Harris, um, and uh, he just by his own admission was not a talented actor. I I love Roger Moore, and um, so what he would do in the Wild Geese was he'd be in a scene with Richard Harris and Richard Burton, and this is unheard of, right? Uh, amongst actors and he would just go well just give them my lines mm. and he would literally there's so many scenes in the wild geese where there's the three of them and it's richard burton and richard harris like having this argument and roger moore stood right bang center screen not saying anything just sort of like watching them talking like it's a tennis match and uh and he was just like they're much more talented than me why wouldn't you <laughs> um and i just think that's a really kind of like i think that's it i think he's one of those actors that if you haven't got that ego these jobs are just like holidays for you. Yeah. You just get to hang out with these guys. You and you're not out. that bothered. It's like, would you want to say this? Because I'll just don't have, I have left to do. So it's, it's good for it's, me. It's absolutely fine for me. I'm already Roger Moore. And I'm already getting paid loads to do this. I've yeah. been paid. And I'm not James bothered. Bond. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so, and you're Richard Harris and you're uh, Richard Burton. Yeah. So, uh, so you, can probably, uh, you can probably carry this a bit better than me. I just thought it was really nice. My favourite bit in The Wild Geese is uh, the bit when... Um, there's an attack, isn't there? There's like a hand grenade attack on Richard Harris. Uh, he's in like a ho he's in like his uh, he lives in like a, a flat. Yes. And he's in his hallway in the flat, and somebody throws a grenade at him, and so he picks up the grenade and punches a hole <laughs> through a door and drops the grenade on the other side, and then the grenade blows up and he's safe. And you go. You just punched a hole <laughs> in the door that you are now using as a shield to protect you <laughs> from a grenade blast, right? The door isn't strong enough to withstand your fist, right? <laughs> Let alone an explosion. And it's kind of like, but it's like, it's portrayed as completely logical. <laughs> but he just picks up this grenade, punches it through a door, and then the grenade blows up on the other side of the door. He's just like, it's made of polystyrene, mate. You're dead. You're dead. Um, 
That's my favourite. It is a fun one. It's, it's fairly fun. It is badly dated, and uh, oh, it's very dated. But, but even by <laughs> like, even by like, uh, like a couple of years ago, before everything was dated, it was dated. You know, um, I don't know. It's it, it's one of those films where I like it. I like the idea of it, and I like scenes in it. But um, it's overall quite. Sure, I would watch it again for sure. I'd watch it again, but I'd probably watch it in three or four instalments. Yeah, maybe. Because I think if you watch it all in one go, it's or I'd watch it at a screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But watching it at home is a bit of a slog <laughs> with the, all the distractions. <clears throat> um, Going to play a song now, and then uh, talk about something else. Uh, as it's Easter, we've got a bit of a Easter treat. A Easter treat. Um, it's Herod's song. From Jesus Christ Superstar, sung by Alice Cooper. Jesus, I am overjoyed to meet you face to face. You've been getting quite a name all around the place. Healing cripples, cute trick. Raising from the dead, ooh. Oh, and now I understand your God. Well, at least that's what you said. So you are the Christ, you're the great Jesus Christ. Prove to me that you're divine. Change my water in... WTF? <laughs> <laughs> there's one for one of each. That's, what, that's one, uh, there's three, apparently. So how's Alice Cooper doing Jesus Christ Superstar? Where do you stand on Jesus Christ Superstar, Nick? I couldn't predict whether you'd be a fan of the musical... Or I'm, not a fan. I've never seen it. Never seen it. Mm-mm. I, I like musicals. <clears throat> I'm not. I'm not a verse. I'm not a. Ver- Some people hate musicals. We call that a rock opera, would you? Would that be a rock opera? I don't know. I've never seen it. I guess. I think it is a rock opera. I think that's what it's meant to be. Um, but um, I don't have a problem with musicals. I like. I like a lot of musicals. The Sound of Music is one of my favourite films. Wizard of Oz. That's like um, a vaudeville sound, though. For that, uh, is Wizard of Oz a musical? Or is it a film that's got a few songs in it? I'd say it's a musical. I don't think it's based on a stage musical, though. It's a, a film exclusive, an MGM musical. It's because um, it was uh, Technicolor, wasn't it? And it, uh, th- uh, I think back then it was kind of like, oh, if you're going to make a film, this is what you need to do. Mm. You'd put songs in it, and you'd put loads of dancing, uh, uh, munchkins, and um, sex parties. Because <laughs> it was, well, what is it, it's 30s, isn't it? So it's very early. Is it 1933, I think? Yeah. Maybe it's 31. Yeah, if you think of other things, like even those kind of Laurel and Hardy movies from the time that try that, they're all got songs in once, as soon as they go to... Marx Brothers. I mean, the Marx Brothers movies, they, the action stops dead and then Zeppo, uh, Zippo, Zeppo? Zeppo comes along and sings the song... And just, just everything just screeches to a halt, and it goes fucking hell. Even when Harpo and Chico sort of like do their piano. So basically, <clears throat> the Marx Brothers films, um, there were, I think there were five Marx Brothers. There was uh, the main three there was Groucho, Chico, Harpo. Who was the other one? There was Zeppo, but who was the other one? Groucho. Gumbo? Gummy. Gummo. Gummo. You keep saying four, but I know that there were more. But they didn't make the fi- they weren't in the films. They were in the stage act, um, and they were like a, they were vaudeville, vaudeville comedians. Basically, Gretchen Marx was really hardworking, and uh, Chico liked gambling, 
and Harpo. <laughs> uh, I'm reading his biography at the moment, but um, Harpo's. Well, Harpo's called Harpo because he played the harp. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't realise that until I started watching them. Harpo is the best. Chico is the second best. Groucho Marx. His material's dated quite a bit, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, oh, here he is. Um, but, Harpo um, Marx. Harpo Marx is in the house, but he doesn't talk. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. He's, yeah. Um, so uh, so they, those were the Marx brothers, and then uh, Zeppo was like the good-looking one, who's like the matinee idol. Yes. And you watch it, and they go, "There's four Marx brothers," and you can watch the films and not realise. You go, "I can only count three. I can mm. only see three. And the the fourth one was kind of like the one that was meant to get, um, get the, the girl and the, the kind of yeah. There'd have to be like a romantic subplot, and then there'd be musical interludes, and they were like based on the uh, vaudeville act. Uh, they'd kind of like it was like um what you call it it was like a, a variety show and then uh, chico would come along and play the piano and chico playing the piano is uh, just i mean the marx brothers movies are, are brilliant mm. um and chico playing the piano is one of the funniest things that um like i was laughing i, w I watched all of the films like uh, about a year ago and i was laughing at them like to the point that like tears were lying down my eyes, and it, and that's not like um, an exaggeration. That's just like something. It like completely surprised me how much I love those films. And Harpo, fucking hell, he does this thing. Uh, I think it's in uh, the Coconuts, but he does this thing. Um, it's the one when they're all on a boat. I can't remember. Oh, is it Monkey Nuts? He does this thing where uh, he's going through passport control. And it's insane. It's just like, but it's like crazy to the point that I was sort of like watching it in just absolute <laughs> disbelief. And it's this this film that's like ninety years old, and um, and it was just just one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And it's kind of it's such. I think it's a shame because there are a lot of um, uh, they're just one of those. They're still good, mm. you know, but people will ne people just won't go back and watch them they'll get to a point where people will stop watching them. you know we talk about this sort of stuff because uh we've watched them and we've gone out and we're kind of like interested in stuff in a, on a historical level mm -hmm. i think and then uh, because we're interested in watching films on a historical level and like uh you know going through someone's career like i'll go i went through all of brian de palma's films recently mm. and i ended up watching a load of films i've started watching um, a load of Hitchcock films that I've never seen before because you go um, I think anyone that wants to sort of I don't know because um, you tend to get a funny when you just see what's given to you I think you get a funny idea so you go oh yeah well I know Hitchcock I've seen Rear Window and Psycho and Vertigo so I yeah. get it I get it and then you go yeah what about all these other ones it's that sort of idea that you get a better idea of someone's career didn't you and what they do I think if you if you try and sort of dig a bit deeper. I think that uh, because I, I get overwhelmed by so So um, what I found interesting, because uh, uh, this is a pre-record, but what I found interesting about John Robbins coming on was that he was saying that it was kind of um, the average... He was talking about Mark Commode and Simon Mayo, and mm. he was like, Simon Mayo is kind of like your entry point, and Mark Commode is uh, the, expert. the expert. And I don't really... The way I see it, I'm not interested in football. I don't hate football, but I'm not interested in football. I'm not interested in watching sport. Um, I'm not interested really in doing sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, but this is my equivalent of that. 
It's kind of pe- people that know like who won every World Cup and who was playing. Um, yeah. You know. Um, I watched Question of Sport the other day, and I couldn't. The, the answers people were getting, I was watching it, just blew my mind that people knew that much. And to me, it's like it is the equivalent of being sort of knowing lots of stuff about obscure culture. Because to me, these questions seem like that's impossible. No one can do that. Who's this sportsman from their elbow? It's like, come on. And they just know. And I go, that's what it is. It's sort of sports got this weird thing of being slightly like different from other things. It's like, well, it's all right to know about sport. And it's yeah. like, but it's mad. It's like, what, you're recognising someone by an elbow. That's crazy that you know this stuff. But I've been, and I think you, but like, if I was, this is just a natural interest mm. that I haven't cultivated, that hasn't been kind of like, I always think that if I had the same interest in science and languages as I did in movie <laughs> trivia, I'd have done much better <laughs> yeah. at school because I know so much and I've effortlessly learned <laughs> yeah. loads. But then when you have like a guy like, um, I guess like Jim Hoskins coming in, um, and you and him are talking about all these films that are so obscure that even I've not even heard of them. That makes me go, well, I want to see these mm. films as well. And I kind of like, I've got a hunger to learn stuff. And like some of my favourite books growing up was stuff like Bob Balaban's uh, Behind the Scenes Diary of yeah, uh, The Making of Close Encounters yeah. of the Third Kind. Um, and, and all of that behind and the stuff that I choose to watch is kind of like behind the scenes documentaries about and I genuinely think that that Pierce Brosnan uh, the man the myth uh, the, the movie uh, uh, documentary on the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves is one of my favourite things that I've ever seen <laughs> like uh, I, it's it's like my favourite episode of uh, a sitcom you know you'd go I just think that that's such a brilliant um, terrible misjudged uh, <laughs> behind the scenes um uh, feature, and I think that so what I learned from John coming in because he doesn't really he doesn't really seem to be kind of like a film fan, like he's a casual he would watch a film but he would watch other stuff, and I think that from that it made me feel like it's a little bit maybe indecipherable that if you're outside of it you can't there's no entry point but yeah. what I would say that if you are listening and um, you you know I don't know. I think some people listen to it because they like us chatting and some people just feel like uh, sometimes it can be funny. <laughs> um, and then I think some people watch, listen because of um, maybe the movie references and then some people can't really get into that sort of stuff. And if, you, if, you, if you're a returning listener and you don't know really where to begin because there's so many films out there and you want to um, kind of like experience more, then what I would do is I would pick a filmmaker, uh, even if it's someone like Spielberg or uh, Martin Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola or like one of the big guys, and then I would just watch all of their films and then you pick an actor that you liked in one of them and then you just watch all of their films. And then it's sort of like a little, you know... It's a fun thing. It's like a month project that you give yourself where you just watch... And then through that, then you'll get a better understanding, Mm. you'll get a bigger understanding of other people's careers and how it works and then you'll find out historical connections like you go through Steven Spielberg and then uh, Martin Scorsese and then you get to Brian De Palma and then Brian De Palma you get to Dario Argento I think and then it kind of like uh, opens it, it opens up the world and stuff like that and then 
Um, and I always really loved like the Universal horror movies, and I didn't like them because I thought they were good films, and I didn't like them because I thought, oh, that's a great director. I like them because I like Frankenstein's monster mm. and the Wolfman, and I like those characters, um, and I think that they they're cool, and I don't think there's anything deeper to it than that. I'm just not like I'm not like intellectual about it. It's just like either I like something or I don't like something. I mean, I watched Marnie last night, mm-hmm. the Alfred Hitchcock film. And it's Alfred Hitchcock, Tippi Hedren, Sean Connery. Shit. I hated it. It wasn't that I hated it. I just found it incredibly boring, right? And the thing about Marnie is that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a film about uh, a woman who steals a load of money. Oh, this is dated in terms of the now. <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, like, <laughs> politically, it's just incredibly misogynistic, and it's about a woman that was uh, sexually and physically abused by her dad or her father, uh, stepfather when she was uh, a girl. And uh, Sean Connery's trying to work out why she doesn't want to sleep with men. Hmm. It's baffling. Why, <laughs> why doesn't she want to sleep with men? I think at one point he rapes her. Um, but it's not it's not like portrayed as rape. It's portrayed as kind of like Sean Connery conquering her. It's just that it's it's uh, it's tr- it's a troubling film by today's standards. But even just on its own, mm. I think it, it's just a boring film. And and before you get to that that plot point where um, it's all about like uh, her relationship with men, before you get to that, it's about a woman that steals a load of money and escapes. And uh, and then this boring plot emerges, and you just think that's the same plot as Psycho, except the most interesting thing that happens in that is that the Tippy Hedron character from Marnie gets killed, and then it's it goes off to you like so I think Psycho came first, and then he made Marnie, yeah. and you go you 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 knew that you knew that Psycho had kind of like a generic B movie plot. Which was a woman uh, robs a, steals some money and 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 legs it, and you knew that that wasn't enough to make a film over because that is your kind of like decoy plot. And then Norman Bates kills her, and then it's about Norman Bates. And uh, Marnie's basically the decoy plot from Psycho just played out, and it's just really unpleasant. And well, it's another thing, isn't it? It's sort of examining some sort of pseudo kind of. Uh... Um, psychoanalytical thing so it's like it's almost like case studies it's like some people are like this and some people are like this based on some sort of kind of um, psychoanalytical way of looking at characters isn't it yeah um, so it's just another one like Norman Bates um, but you watch the, the I mean, what's interesting about it is this documentary so there's a, this is like a really big Alfred Hitchcock box set I mean, he made so many films. I mean, there's an Alfred Hitchcock box set which has got all of his classics on. Yeah. And then there's another box set which has got some of his lesser-known classics on. And then there's another box set which has got all of the British films that he made before he made it big in America. And um, um, so there's so many to get through. Uh, they're not all good. That's the thing. No, they're not. The ones that are good are fucking incredible. They often have their moments, but there's some that really aren't very good. Um... Man Who Knew Too Much, have you seen that one? Boring. Oh, that's one of the best ones. What, with K. Sarah Sarah? Yeah. Oh. Loved it. Mind oh, you, it. mind you, I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. Uh, that's uh, Is that James Stewart and Doris Day? Yeah. 
Uh, but that's where the fucking song K Sera Sera yeah. comes from, and you go, oh right. Um, it's very out of place, to be fair. Yeah, it, uh, it, it's, it's in the middle of an Alfred Hitchcock. Thriller. It's like vaudeville, like what we were just talking about, yeah. and you go, oh right. Yeah. Just starts doing. Let's that. just keep him entertained. We've got Doris Day. And it's within the first ten minutes, so you could be watching it, going, is this a music? Is this a musical? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I wouldn't say that that's one of my um, favorite. Uh, not one of my favorites. I just I found it quite boring, but. Um, but when he's when he's good, he's like all time good. But mm. that's the thing: is it is possible to go and to to watch a film and fine. You've been told all your life that uh, Alfred Hitchcock, for instance, because he's sort of like one of the most famous directors. But you're told all your life that Alfred Hitchcock is the greatest director that ever lived, and you've got to watch it. And then you watch an Alfred Hitchcock film, and it, it, and you're bored and you don't like it, and then you go, "Well, it must be me," or you go, "Well, they're wrong." But he made like 150 films, <laughs> and I would say 10% um, of them are all time classics. And then you get in between, you get stuff like Tom Curtin. Within his own life, um, like by the time he was making. Um, so when did Francois Truffaut. I mean, this is really poncy, but Do when, did, when did. So Francois Truffaut. Uh, in, did we talk about this the other week? No. Francois Truffaut, like. Uh, basically created the French New Wave cinema thing. He did, uh, what were those films? He did Jules et Jim. He did uh, 400 Blows. He did, uh, what else was Truffaut? I get him mixed up with, see, I get him mixed up with Fellini. Oh, no, I often do with... Uh, but I've never seen any Fellini. What I have looked at a lot is that box set of Fellini that I bought that sat by my, <laughs> on my shelf that I've never even looked at. But it's but the intent, I've, isn't it? I've got it. It's on my list, and it's going like one day I'm going to get through that Fellini box set. Yeah, good. Um, but like, uh, yeah, Francois Truffaut, who was in uh, Close Encounters of the Third. That's, that's fan, fan club. club. Um, but Francois Truffaut, uh, basically, he was like uh, the infant terrible, yeah, uh, which is uh, means a terrible infant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terrible children. Uh, he was like this new guy that came along, and everyone was like, "Going, oh my god, this uh, this Francis Truffle is the future." And he came along, and he said, "Do you know who's really good?" And everyone's like, "Who? Tell us." And he goes, "Alfred Hitchcock." And everyone's like, "Fuck off! Is Alfred Hitchcock good?" He goes, "No, he's really good." He's got a TV show. He's like a sort of. They see it. I think he was seen at the time as being a bit of a kind of. A bit too showman-y. And a bit too, yeah, a bit like... Well, he had three films left in him, apparently. And then he wrote this... Uh, he did this huge interview with him and wrote this massive book about him. Uh, about Truffaut wrote about Hitchcock. And um, basically, he reintroduced Hitchcock to... Uh, people were just like, oh, if this guy likes him, he mm. must be good. Yeah. And then um, people like Martin Scorsese and Brian De Palma and Steven Spielberg found one of the only prints available of Vertigo and they used to go to like New York midnight screenings and then it became like cool to like Alfred Hitchcock in a really underground kind of way so you get to the point by the time I was born that he was like the greatest living yeah, director given, again but like but like a couple of years before I was born he was trash yeah. you know and uh, and you look at his films and you go he's like we were talking about frenzy the other week you look at frenzy you look at family plot and you go these are not um these are films family uh, frenzy is a film with a 60s aesthetic 
that with a 70s attitude and um what's the other film that we talk about uh family plot Peep, Peeping, Tom. Peeping Tom Peeping Tom yeah. Peeping Tom which was uh, Michael Powell directed that uh, Peeping Tom is um, it's got like a, you, it's impossible to to pinpoint when it was made Psycho was black and white yeah so it instantly looks like an old film even though it was filmed in black and white was it to save money it was I think just to make it look like to do it quickly and cheap so he used his like TV like basically all his TV crew to make a real sort of cheap movie. And it's a great black and white film, but you would assume that it was made in an era of black and white films. Yeah. When actual facts, he'd made loads of colour films, yeah, and yeah. then Psycho was a cheapie. Um, and it was made the same year as Peeping Tom. And Peeping Tom is harder to pinpoint because the themes in it are so... Dark, uh, and, and they were, like it was perceived at times, being like, like I, disgusting. It feels like the opposite of Frenzy. Yeah. It feels like um, everything that Frenzy is kind of a bit like um, silly and light and mishandles maybe a bit. Uh, Peeping Tom, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's got, yeah, that 70s. Peeping with Tom her. is ahead of its time, yeah. and Frenzy is so far behind its time. And when you watch it by today's standards, you can you kind of like can watch them both side by side, and it's fine. But when you actually put them in a historical context, you go, fucking hell, Alfred Hitchcock was chasing. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't... Sort of. I, I do like... I, I think... I, I love Frenzy. I think Frenzy's one of my favourite Hitchcocks by far. And I think I like it partly for that thing. that It's really gritty and like... Like, oh, God, this is really... It, I don't think it's gritty. I don't think gritty is the word. It's dark. I think it's got... But it's got that sort of sense of humour. But it does feel like it's... But it is sort of... I think it is him trying to catch... Like, it is him being... The, all these kids are coming out doing these movies, but... I can do that. I'm not. I'm not done yet. I yeah. can do one of these. Like no, I get that, but I also think that um, uh, Groucho Harpo Chico Gummo. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? You said Gummo. Yeah, you got it right. Yeah, just say correct. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, five, five Marx Brothers, and then there was four Marx Brothers, and then there were three. And the, when they changed company, when they changed. Um, Studios, uh, studios. The films weren't as good, and I don't think Duck Soup is their best. I think it might be. I can't remember the one on the boat. I think it is. Um, what's the one on the boat? It's like one of the. It's like maybe. I think it's their third, their third film that they made. Um. <laughs> That's one for the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should put on the uh, little film clip uh, that you miss. It got caught in my Lovely throat. bit of visual comedy from their cow. It got caught in my throat. Talking about uh, physical comedy, and we've done a little bit for you on the radio. Um, right, I think we called up our asses far enough now. Uh, night, it's not Night at the Opera. I think that was at the second production, uh, second studio. Night at the Race is second studio. <coughs> um, I can't remember. Monkey Business. Is it Monkey Business on the boat? Monkey Business, right. That's my favourite. It's... Um, it's really great, but I watched them all in like a weekend. I did, I did the same and thing. And I can't I got, tell the difference between any of them. I think I did exactly the same thing. I got a DVD box set and just went went through them. Well, you have to get two separate box sets. There's one of one studio and one of the other. And oh, I think, I've I think the them. quality drop off by the time they moved to the second studio. It's got some of their bigger known films, but um, I don't think they're. I don't think they're as good as the really. I think the first one is so 
stage bound because it was based on a stage show yeah a lot of them are they do just feel like the first couple were very almost impenetrable because they're kind of like ugh. and then but so i think you nearly need to watch those retrospectively start with the big hits and then work backwards mm. but you don't have to do them in chronological order guys you can uh, you can dip in and out of someone's career anyway just like saying um, i know that a lot of people like listening but they don't know anything about films and that's fine but i wouldn't want to think that it's uh, it's not meant to be impenetrable and to put you off. It's meant to just be kind of like if you're interested in what we're talking about, just go out and you know dive in. Dive in. It should or be paddling. Like, put put a foot in the water. Put put, put an elbow. Put a toe in. in. Put Ian Botham's elbow in. That's fan club. Right. Do our review. Oh, okay, so we've had a review come in. This is gone. This is a bit. About, I think every week is slightly different, isn't it? We've gone quite in depth into. No, it's not that in depth. Oh yeah, but I, yeah, I think this is good. I don't, I don't, it's Easter. What else are you doing? I know. Yeah, you're trapped in the house for three days, and uh, you've got your family over. You're arguing. <laughs> the joke is that I'm saying that Easter's exactly like Christmas. No one gives a fuck about Easter. <laughs> so. Got an email here, it says, Hey lads, I've just hooked into this show and think it's often worthy of a four and sometimes Whoa. five star review. Who's this cunt? Um, sometimes. I'm going to read ahead a little bit. Oh, what a fucking prick. Nah, I'm not going to read any more of that. That's <laughs> Some absolute cunt has written in and uh, just absolutely negging us all the way. Um, I think, uh, no. I'm just, and I'm going to say this now. I hate you. <laughs> I'm going to play a song. Happy Easter, pricks. No, that's not that one. Uh, <laughs> you need to get that one back on, actually, because it's, uh, it's registered that I've played that, I think, and it's uh, deleted it. Oh, God, Easter. Um, um. This one, the one I want, oh, is yes. from the soundtrack the of The Long Good Friday. The one that you want, the one that you want from the soundtrack of oh, Grace. <laughs> Grace. <laughs> okay, this is Bob Hoskins uh, doing a reggae song from the, uh, from the Long Good Friday soundtrack. Christ. <laughs> What the fuck was that now? <laughs> it's Bob Hoskins. Yeah, I know, but if it was Jim Davidson doing the same thing, it'd be unacceptable. Now, I've said this before. Um, I'm sorry, listeners. Um, <laughs> I know that we're all intrigued to find out what happens with Brexit, um, but not as much as Nat, and, and Nat in the wrong way. So, um, it's a great song. Talking to police. <laughs> How many times do you think Bob Hoskins has been uh, joking and smoking and pulled over by the police? N not once. No. Well, it's cultural appropriation. <laughs> it's disgusting. Uh, mind you, he's done it before. He's not an American, but uh, he still had the gall to play an American yes. cop in Who Framed a Roger Rabbit. <laughs> We're joined in the studio now by. <laughs> 
Jerry, Jerry Page. Page. Jerry Page was Jerry telling Page. us that his, his aunt lived two doors Jerry along from T-S. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Oh. And he was always yeah, joking and smoking. Was he joking and smoking? See? Bob Hoskins joking and smoking. Joking and smoking. My favourite uh, story about Bob Hoskins was when he was doing the Good to Talk advert. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, BT. Uh, and it was like a, a, a national catchphrase it's good to talk. Mm. And uh, he was crossing the road and uh, a bus stopped. <laughs> Uh, a zebra crossing for him and as he was crossing the road the whole side of the bus went mouthed it's good (laughs) and he he turned around to me and went fuck off (laughs) Um, I like like Bob Hoskins a lot well well, I did until I heard that (laughs) apparently Um, talking of Brian De Palma he did that thing where they asked him to be uh, uh, what's he called Al Capone in the uh, Untouchables and he agreed to it and but what secretly they wanted Robert De Niro, and they didn't really tell him at the time that they're actually after Robert De Niro, and they thought that they thought Robert De Niro wasn't going to do it, so they cast Bob Hoskins, and at the last minute De Niro agreed to do it, and they were like, oh god, we've hired Bob Hoskins now, we can't get rid of him, and they basically paid him off, and they said, Bob, it's really embarrassing. Um, we've actually all this time we were trying to get um, Robert De Niro to do it, uh, and he goes, okay, and he goes, uh, but. Uh, it's not, it's not ideal. But what we're going to do is we're going to still pay uh, the sixty grand we we're going to give you to do the movie. And he goes, and we're really sorry. And he goes, no, it's lovely. If you've got any other films you want me not to be in, I'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> so he basically got sixty grand to not be in the Untouchables, and was was absolutely pleased as punch. Um, and also the thing about Bob Hoskins was, um, he was the original choice to play Wolverine in the X Men movie. <laughs> when was that? When they were making the X Men movie, was it? Yeah, and, and, and actually, Bob Hoskins uh, is more. Um, yeah, he looks more like he does in the comics. He's more comic accurate. Yeah. So that Bob Hoskins was meant to be Wolverine. Anyway, you don't know anything of film, do no, you? No, I've seen about a hundred films in my entire life. And I what's your favourite out of all of them? Uh, it's changed quite recently. Oh, oh yeah. Um, You've seen to, a new film. I can yeah, buy that. I've seen a new film. <laughs> um, yeah, but. Uh, it used to be uh, Fear and Love in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. As, but until someone pointed out that I always used to say it was boring in the middle. That was still my favourite <laughs> film. <laughs> um, but I watched That's Arri- really the beginning of. So, have you ever seen a yeah, film that you liked all the way through? Yeah, um, Arrival. I like oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, that might oh, be. Oh, no, but my, my favourite is Interstellar. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, God. Have you not seen The Rock? What? With Sean Connery in it? Yes. I think I've seen that, yeah. You'd know if you'd seen it, mate. It's the best <laughs> film ever made. Um, it's not the best film ever made. That's Con Air, but it's up there. Um, so, uh, oh, that's great. So, uh, we're joining this year by Joey Page. Mm. Uh, my lifelong friend? Uh, yeah, career-long friend, eh? Career-long friend. We've known each other since, what, 2007, 2006? Yeah, 2006. Mm. I, yeah. I knew you before you had a moustache. Yeah. I've known you since you've had a moustache. And I... I used to be in your show in Edinburgh and the first time you did it. And I used to sit in the corner. I can't really remember why. Which show was that? It was a, it was like a long way up um, in Edinburgh. It was like miles away. It was up by the other station. Uh, yeah. All bad things happen in trees. Yeah. Oh, were you one of the guests? Yeah. Were you one of the guests? But I think I did it a few times. I think maybe, but you didn't do it every day. Well, okay. It felt like... <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't feel like it. I did it every day. And that felt like it. <laughs> but um, you did it but once yeah, or so twice. But yeah, so we've been friends for a long time. 
Um, um, you uh, you saw me uh, have my worst gig of my life, didn't you? Did you? And is that why you've not really put me forward for any other work? Because I did really well, and you thought that maybe that had something to do with it. I've always told people that I saw you absolutely smash it. Thanks. I said I, you absolutely smashed that gig, but then and I, I made said, it difficult for the headliner. You no, know, <laughs> I said I said Joe Page absolutely smashed that gig, and then I went on and I didn't just struggle. I had the worst gig <laughs> of my entire life. So that gives you an idea of how fucked up that audience was, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> how backwards they were. Um, but um, no, uh, where was that gig? It was in. Was somewhere in Essex like Braintree or something Braintree was it Braintree I don't know something like that it wasn't Braintree it wasn't but it's somewhere like that um, um, anyway so how are you what are you up to at the moment um, how's your Easter oh my Easter's going great yeah Yeah. Just, you've um, just been on tour haven't you well no because uh, it's in the same place so it can't be a tour oh you got a gig <laughs> did a week of gigs at Why two North Why are you Bell. here, Joey? Why uh, when, to promote that, but I got moved to pass the date. You didn't get, you didn't get moved. You cancelled on us. You cancelled on us, and you and then I was supposed to come the next week, and I got cancelled from that. That's absolute. That's absolute guess bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. No, that is Joey. true. Look at that's that. Absolute, <laughs> that's absolute bullshit. We gave you an opportunity. You fucking blew it. And then we put you on when it was possible, but right? And you're coming on here blaming us, blaming <laughs> us for the fact that you can't promote your fucking one gig tour, no, which is just six, a gig, mate. Nights. It's just a gig. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, absolutely furious with you now. You're throwing this back in our faces. Do, do, do you want to know what I was doing instead when I was supposed to come on here? Yeah. I was doing a little um, live presenting thing, like a team building thing, where I had to pretend to host the Crystal Maze. You had to pretend to host the Crystal Maze. Yeah. Were you in no. the Crystal Maze or were you just outside? So no, it was like a, it was an adventure playground. And they'd brought their own blow up dome. And you have to host it. Yeah. And so in the morning, did you find that uh, your fingers were bleeding and that you were actually naked on your own in an uncarpeted living room? No. Oh, oh good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so how are you two? So hang on, I don't understand what this Crystal Maze thing was. So it's uh, it's like a team building thing. You can't say. And, and so it's, it's just is it called the Crystal Maze or is it like got a, uh, a fake crystal name? Crystal Challenge. The Crystal Challenge. Is that so it's not close enough to the Crystal Maze? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> the Diamond Labyrinth. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Uh, well, so you were the Richard Ayoade or jo- Richard O'Brien. O'Brien? Joey O'Brien. So, so. You've just finished your six nights, uh, yeah. Six nights thing. How did it go? Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. And I, is it also going on tour? Uh, it's going to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So have you written it? Yeah. All finished. Pretty much. Your Edinburgh show. Yeah. What are you going to do for the rest of the time when you're getting just chilling? Uh, try and make it better so that I can finally. Uh, you right. Get I, some better work. I always leave it till the last minute yeah. to write the show, but in actual fact, if I wrote it now. I could just That's spend the whole, the whole point time in doing making the, it the, better. The, the shows at, in King's Cross was so that I had to write a show. Yeah. So otherwise I wouldn't do it. Hmm. But yeah. You wouldn't do it for Edinburgh? Yeah, but it, it'd be rushed. Do you know that's a good idea? Because there's too much admin, isn't there? Yeah. All the time you think you're going to have before Edinburgh, you don't actually yeah, have yeah. it. Mm. You end up doing... Are like, you going to do Edinburgh again? I'll do it again, not this year. Not this year. Mm. You're there though, aren't you, Nicky Boy? I am. I'm doing, it for the, I'm doing the, whole, uh, the whole run for the first time in six years. Very nice. 2013. Was the uh, Foster's Comedy Award nominated for as, the as show yet to be One Man Megamyth? Uh, no, I put in it. Yeah. As of it, it's Easter, so maybe it's the future. Yeah. I've, I've written it. Still a yeah. month in the future, so it's all written now. Uh, well, mm. I'm going to write something for McCuntleth, and then that'll be my. Uh, 
alarm bell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, so uh, Joey, uh, what, what are you into? Oh. If it's not films, what do you spend your time doing? If it's not well, films? I was I was talking about this yesterday, actually. We were um, here yesterday. No, but not with you two. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for the listeners at home, when he says yesterday, he means... Maundy Thursday. Four, four weeks and one day ago. Oh, great. So you're not doing this as it is live Easter? We are sort of, but it's also bullshit, isn't it? Because <laughs> the uh, show could have not gone well, which is why I was quite... No, don't say that. <laughs> don't, don't say that. Um, I, <laughs> why would people come... You're not good at promoting your own show, <laughs> No, because it's going out after it's finished. Yeah, but you don't want to tell people they might see it in Edinburgh that it was terrible. It'll be good by Edinburgh. <laughs> That's what fucking Paul and Becky did. Paul and Becky came on and did a pre-record, and I said, how's Edinburgh going? They said, no, oh, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, they imagined it. It was like... And I said, imagine well, I it's going imagine. really well, yeah. guys. <laughs> I did imagine it went well, but now I've realised that you're not pretending, I'm not going to pretend. Okay. Uh, but yeah... Yesterday, four weeks ago on Sunday. Yeah. I uh Monday, Thursday. Seventeenth <laughs> of March. I um I got asked what I do when I because I don't watch telly really. Don't I watch got, telly, you don't no. watch films. I watch What do you do with your I eyes? I watch wrestling quite a lot. And that's yeah. my big thing that I like. Do you like the like the WWE? Well, I'm just looking at the clock and uh, we're only seventeen minutes into this hour. I've got well, no. I thought I'd let you pick what, what you wanted to talk about. I'll give you some. No, options. but like, is it is it the is it the WWE yeah, yeah, yeah. wrestling? Yeah. So there's that. What's the difference between WWF and WWE? Uh, they had to change it because the World, the World Wildlife, Wildlife Fund. Are you fucking kidding them. me? Yeah, yeah. They sued them. Yeah. What? Because people were donating to wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of a lot of, have fights with animals a lot of wrestlers dying um, on drug overdoses was bad for the image of <laughs> WWF. The they don't have long lives, do they? The wrestlers or the they, animals? They never seem to have long lives. <laughs> no. Well, they either die young or live old enough to become Hulk Hogan, don't they? Um, well, right. But here's the thing: it really hurts. Like uh, my what, wrestling. Yeah, my wife got me a wrestling lesson for my birthday, mm. and we both went and did it. And I was horrible at it, and it like even like running into the ropes hurts. Mm. And so I just thought, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> yeah. That was my dream snuffed out <laughs> at its infancy. I did a wrestling masterclass when I was at university once. Hang um, on, you you're you're in the wrestling in Edinburgh, but you haven't wrestled, have you? Uh, I did. I, uh, no, not really. I did. Announced. I did one sort of move uh, at the end of the second one. But so did they make you do actual training for it? Not me. No. No. Right. But um, uh, I, th- if, I think if they're ever doing it again, I'm maybe doing wrestling. But, um, but I don't know. Well, it, it hurt. The training really hurts. Well, when I did it. Well, the thing that we did was we learned to like uh, land in a way that... Yeah, yeah, but it still hurts. But you did a thing. Where, well, we, were, we had like crash mats and stuff. Yeah, but in a like, ring that's made of like wood. Yeah, but we had crash mats. We didn't right. get to the. We didn't just jump straight into the ring. We sort of like learn how to sort of. Um, you do like a forward roll without using your hands. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of like you you you're walking along and then you basically you sort of tip on you, you tip tilt onto like your shoulder and then you roll over and land back on your feet, but right. you don't use your hands. Okay, and it's like a stunt roll. You do. I don't it. think I'd be able to get up. Oh, I didn't think I'd be able to do it at all. But you do it, and you absolutely just feel like you're the best person in the world for like the rest of your life. But then the next—that's ne- what's kept me going. The next one <laughs> after that, they teach you after that is that you jump and then you flip straight over your own head. No, straight onto your back. So you oh, land on okay. your back, right? Yeah, to land on your feet. Don't worry. Okay, no, right. But I could probably do this. That really hurts. 
especially if you keep landing on your neck like I did. Yeah, and I was like, no, out. that's enough for me. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but ever but since I was a little kid. It. Yeah, well, ever since I was a little kid, I was just like fascinated by it. I don't, I don't uh, watch a lot of TV. Yeah. What do you do? Um, you must watch all these films because you're always. Yeah, I watch. I, well, I just watch. I, I, I watch. A f- I don't quite watch a film a night. But I, when, when I've got all my work done, I, I always feel guilty about how much I watch. But like, um, but when I've got all my work done, I watch a film in, in bed and yeah, bed to bed. Fair enough. But I'm it. more, I'm more music watch, than film or TV. So yeah, I either listen I to music. I don't listen to loads of music. I mm. listen to a loads of one. Well, I don't really listen to a lot of music. I write music. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. But then I write, not that you two don't, but I write comedy. I don't really watch comedy because... You, you, you have enough it. writing it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You see enough. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that it's a, it's a rabbit hole that you can go down where it leads to bitterness, hatred, and competitiveness. So oh, I just, absolutely. I watch cooking shows. Yeah. Do you know, I like, I like watching comedy. I guess I'm no competition. That's why I've got no I think that, <laughs> I like, I think I that you're like. struggling from the fact now that you're one of the nicest people in the business. Oh, thanks very much, yeah. Uh, and what me and Joey are suffering from is that we can't. No, I'm not. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know people who are into wrestling, but there is a whole. Uh, I've, I've never really been into it, not even when I was a kid. But there is like a whole. Interstellar is your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Interstellar. Yeah, it's a good film. I got it? mixed up with the Chris Pratt one. What's that, Passengers? I was thinking. Passengers is your favourite film. No, Interstellar's good. Interstellar, fine, okay. Yeah. I've never seen that. Oh, it's but good. But Passengers is like, oh my God. <laughs> I like the it's way like a futuristic... He hasn't seen it. It's a futuristic <laughs> rape fantasy, basically, where a, ma- a yeah, man... Yeah, Joey, what, what are you talking about? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> just absolutely uh, horrific. I might watch that. Can I get in? It's, uh, it's basically Chris Pratt gaslights. When I get back to uh, preparing what? the show, that went really well. <laughs> what's Four what? weeks ago. What's her name? Uh, Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence. basically. So right, Chris Pratt gaslights uh, Jennifer uh, Lawrence into sleeping with him. Uh, as you two on a spaceship, if that's your thing, Joey. Clearly, love films like this. No, no, we were talking no, about no. wrestling. Come no, on. yeah, but I've got a question. Yeah, what on. film would you say that I have to go and watch if I, that you know I won't have seen? That's not Passengers. I wouldn't force you to do it. Yeah, but if you were like, <laughs> if you don't want to watch a film, you don't have to. But you're like, if there's only one, and if you're not interested in films, you listen to the wrong show, really. It was never pitched as a film show. It was just meant to be what people are fans of, but we've uh, sh- slowly but surely <laughs> shoehorned it into what we wanted to do. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, what film would you Evil recommend to me? So have you seen... Have you Watch seen? Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. What? Oh. Yeah, because I don't mind not having seen the first one. No, it doesn't matter. Saw, it doesn't uh, Hunger Games it. 2 without seeing Hunger Games 1 <laughs> that might, or that 3. That might be more important, is it? Jennifer Lawrence. Did it make sense to you? It's fine. Okay. I had an all right time. <laughs> um... Mm. Have you seen Fighting With My Family, the WWE no, I'm not film? bothered about that. Okay. I think. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, Have you literally just brought wrestling uh, no, with you? And no. now you're refusing to talk about wrestling. No, 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 not at all. I refuse <laughs> to talk about a wrestling film that I haven't really got no, any interest in. No, no, but I'm like saying, tell us more about wrestling. And then you go, no, no, no. Well, I but wanna, is it more I like... I want to turn the tables on you. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. What film should I... What, what are you in the mood for, Joey? I don't know. Just what film would you recommend to me? I've seen a million films. Yeah, so pick me a good I one. I haven't. I've seen about 30,000 films. So if you like that... Uh, I've seen a hundred. Uh, what genre? What are you in, in for? Uh, are you into uh, wanking? <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that film, Porn. 
What film Lots porn? of different clips, isn't there? What film? I don't know, just loads of clips. They're all about seven minutes long. Oh, uh, is it seven minutes long? I've never gone through. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, seven minutes long. That's like uh, uh, Han Solo describing how fast the Millennium Falcon goes. Uh, See, I've never seen a Star Wars film. How so. many parsecs? 14, 12 parsecs. How old are you, Joey? Um, 34. 34, and you've never seen a Star Wars film? No. Doesn't what people me. at school were people not into stuff like that? That you were like. Yeah, I think I'm more like Star Trek, but I, I didn't get that far. I honestly don't give a fuck about Star Wars. No. Uh, there's three Star Wars films that I like, but I'm not like a Star Wars fan. But that fucking film fucking boiled my spuds! <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? Uh, in a bad way. Okay. It boiled his spuds in a good way. That's quite a nice idea. Yeah. Um, I I don't, you don't need to... I, I always think that people wear it as a badge of honour. Like, oh, I've never seen a Star Wars film. It's just like, well, you, I don't understand how that's possible, but also, who gives a fuck? But were you, did you not have, like, powers at school that would go and see no, films not and really. stuff? No, not really. Like, all my mates are, like, into football and that. Okay. Yeah, but we don't need to invite a guest on and then just ask, well, why don't you like what we like? <laughs> Tell us what you like. Well, what else do you want? Because you, you can talk about anything. Joey, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. talk about anything you want. And part of um, mine and Nathaniel's special skills is that we can talk to <laughs> our guests about anything that they throw at us. So go on, throw something at us. Um, all right. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur. I feel like I'm going to bring a lot of things that you're not going to want to talk about. Because it's all Prometheus room. again recently, actually. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That doesn't hold up. <laughs> um, it didn't um, hold up at the time, though. David Bowie, which I know you're a big oh, yeah, fan yeah. of. That's probably my specialist subject. We talked about David um, Bowie earlier. Yeah. yeah. And um, I covered you have that a favorite, today. Do you have a favourite Bowie album? Uh, yes. I basically just love the whole Berlin period of oh, yeah, yeah. Do you love David Bowie? Yeah. Uh, have you not seen The Man Who Fell to Earth? Um, the film. Fuck me. I've, no, I've seen the musical. Which isn't called that, but what the one Lazarus? Yeah, yeah. Did you like that? Yeah, it was really good. And I, I hate like musicals. It. I didn't like it. I really. Why'd you hate it musicals? It made me cry. Why'd you hate oh, musicals, Joey? Like uh, not not yours. No, I don't care. <laughs> Mine isn't really a musical. Yeah. Um, no, but I. Uh, it's like a musical sketch show, but that I just sounds find, shit. I just find musicals annoying. Yeah. I keep singing. That's my main problem. <laughs> is that people keep singing against my nerves. I stole a loaf of bread. Exactly. I can see that. Yeah. I can see can why you get that. Like them. Can we get that into another thing? I still love a I'll sing it properly one time. <clears throat> Hang on, sorry. Uh, we're just uh, doing some admin right now. We're just getting uh, one of our little um, buttons. Things. I stole a loaf of bread. Oh, he's more pathetic than that. I stole a loaf of bread. Maybe one way my voice doesn't crack. I, st <clears throat> I stole a loaf of <laughs> Hang on. <coughs> but, but well, I don't know. Is this from a musical? It's from Les Mis. It's, oh. uh, it's Hugh Jackman. Okay. I stole a loaf of bread. Hugh Jackman. You, I thought it was a joke. I didn't know. Uh, well, so we use that into a thing. Uh, sorry, Joe. Where were we? Right. So, <laughs> I, all, well, no, but all the things that <laughs> I love, yes. pretty much, mm. are sort of. <laughs> I think it's where I get me being a bit eccentric from. Like, when I was little, um, one of the first, like, weird people that I remember seeing on TV was Buster Rhymes. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. So, oh. Like, saw that, He's always in the house. Saw them uh, videos on MTV, and I was like, oh, like, you can be like that as a grown adult. That's pretty cool. And then that sort of carried on. I think that's why I like wrestling, because they're all, like, weird guys that are, like, 
Yeah. Because back in the 90s, it was like people would be dressed as, or like they'd be the characters of things. So you'd be like, who's going to win between a clown and a policeman? Like, right. And that's quite fun when you're a little and kid. And The Undertaker, are you yes, an Undertaker? Yeah. Who's your favourite? Who's your favourite? I really <laughs> like The Undertaker. My favourite uh, back then, I don't think it really holds up now. I think it could possibly be seen as a bit uh, culturally insensitive. But it was a guy, he was called Papa Shungo and he was a voodoo doctor. <laughs> right, yeah. But I went to fancy, a, it, it, I went to Cubs fancy dresses in. He would be a, a witch doctor. Yeah, uh, not a voodoo doctor. Voodoo, okay, witch doctor. No, but, uh, is there a doctor on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched that film. <laughs> We've watched voodoo Mara doctor on the plane. <laughs> What's he called? There, no, there he is. I went as that as uh, to fancy dress uh, uh, Cubs when I was eight. I mean that's weird. Um, so uh, yeah, that is culturally yeah. sensitive for yeah. you to do it. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't black up. I just wore the the skull face paint. Well, that would be ridiculous if you had to black up because you'd have to black up and then you'd have to white, white up, up on top of it. <laughs> I mean, that would, I just drew a skull be, on my that'd face. That'd be crazy. Basically. That's beyond eccentric. But isn't um, it a lot of the thing with wrestling, isn't it? There's the, that kind of behind-the-scenes stuff that people are into. So it's all like you watch the main sort of... Well, so yeah, now as an adult, it yeah. is like... And also the real life behind-the-scenes of what's going yeah. on, like the politics of why are they getting... Why, who's in it and who are they trying on, to you know. make into stars but, and things, right? Yeah. But, yeah, so always, like, things like... That's not him. Uh, <laughs> Natalie's just put up. Now he's culturally insensitive. Natalie's put up a picture of a man eating some worms on the screen. Who's called the Boogeyman? Who the Boogeyman for about six months, and surprisingly, that character didn't take off. Well, the thing <laughs> is, uh, when you're a professional, so you're a professional wrestler, you've learned how to wrestle, and basically, you come up with a character, yeah. and you're either a straight or a heel, aren't you? Yeah. And the heels are the bad guys, yeah. and the straights are the Which good are the ones guys. I always liked when I was a kid. Yeah, you're not likes. supposed to like okay. not designed for you to like them. And it's basically the wrestling is it's not that it's real. You've got a series of moves. The actual the physicality of it and is the real, pain yeah. and all of that is real. But they're kind of like morality shows that are put on for kids, aren't they? Yeah. And um and adults and it's really entertaining. It's just like um but it goes it goes back like like over a hundred years. It's kind of like one of the no, I wouldn't say that it's one of the oldest forms of entertainment, but like wrestling is kind of like it's a sh it's like it used a to exist in circuses and stuff. Yeah, it's like a show. Okay, of, it's a show of strength and uh, British wrestling. Um, uh, who did you have over here? Yeah, Big Giant, Daddy, Giant, Giant, Giant Haystacks. Haystacks. Um, Big Daddy killed someone, didn't he? Doing the Daddy Splash. Did he? Yeah. Okay. Did he kill someone? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Google the cunt. <laughs> so, um, so is that so, why is it we stopped being on telly? I, I can not be on takers wrestling stop being on telly. <laughs> that's probably it more <laughs> but like so they wouldn't put him on countdown so wrestling was kind <laughs> of like a Victorian thing where people were going out and it's like shows of strength it's the same as like strong men and um, but I love all that kind of like the, at least the sort of showiness of all that like, it's showmanship yeah, yeah. but that's what it was and then all of like the the uh, characters and um, the good guys the bad guys the straights the hills all of that came out of the fact that they're um I mean, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm just saying what I think that I know. You can correct me at any point. But um, all of that came through the fact that it's like um, it's for the audience, isn't it? It's not like um, gymnastics or uh, uh, the 100-meter sprint, is it? Where oh, it's no, it's kind not of for like, them. It's, it's like athletes that are trying to do their best so that they can uh, succeed. They're like preordained storylines that are, that are playing sure. out in front of you. And then... So you have the, the actual wrestling matches. Then you have like the 
the the soap opera the soap opera banter stuff that goes yeah, on yeah. behind behind you know in quotes behind the scenes of the wrestling matches that's building up to yeah, yeah, yeah. so like when you Give have two, a reason to fight when you have two boxers that are kind of like get, being interviewed and they they like kick off at the press conference to I mean, sell that, tickets that, that, yeah. that's, that's, but that's kind of like almost a, the wrestling version of that is kind of even more heightened than that yeah exactly and then on top of that what's what's interesting is you have the actual real life personal lives of a lot of the wrestlers who basically become addicted to painkillers and steroids yep. and you know you look at that Jake the Snake documentary and Beyond the Map absolutely yeah and it's just kind of like uh, and you realise that actually and aren't they also just being controlled by the higher ups as yeah, well yeah. right they're all under contract yeah, and they absolutely. get told what yeah, to do yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that when it might not and be and if you fuck them off then they either write you out or they give you horrible storylines yeah and, but basically before then you, you learn to be a wrestler and then you have to develop your own wrestling personality yeah absolutely it's like it's like with stand-up I, I think there's a lot of similarities except you get really physically hurt in wrestling you get mentally hurt in stand-up I would say that, <laughs> I would say that not, not to do it a disservice I think the entertainment industry is one of the hardest industries to sort of survive oh, yeah. mentally yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. and I think that uh, I wouldn't really consider wrestling a sport I would consider it oh entertainment yeah yeah it's definitely not well it's, it's athletic but it's not a sport it's, athletic, you know it's I mean? physically fucking cruel it's not like you. no one's betting on wrestling matches do you know what I mean are they? People don't bet. I on think people do. Oh my god! <laughs> it's fake. I think. Yeah, it's, I know. But I people think people say it's fake. They they mean the drama. But of I it guess they fake. don't know how the who's gonna. Yeah, yeah. that's all a secret in it, uh, between like a small group of people. Yeah, sure. And the storylines. I don't think that's enough for a betting no, shop. No, no, yeah, but yeah, they're, yeah But they're playing super long storylines. They're playing like you know uh, they're setting stuff up for like a year in advance. Yeah. Where it's kind of like this guy's got to lose this match and he's got to sleep with his wife because then it's going to pay in six off months in time. Way. Yeah. Um, but uh, so when they, they does that happen? Where they pretend like, people are sleeping with each other's wives and things? Uh, there was a period of that, but it's less. It's a bit more PC now. There was a period okay. in like the early two thousands where it was all things. Like but that, just, that would be made like, up as well. Yeah, like yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. like yeah, yeah. okay. But there's like also really kind of like tasteless stuff that's happened in the past. Yeah, but it's not really like that now. It's kind of become a bit sort of tame and watered down. So isn't it? To, so go on. I was going to say, isn't there a thing where it's because they're trying to tame WWE because they want to eventually sell it to like Disney or something. Yeah, something like that. I think. It's something so they want it to all be a bit PG now so yeah. it all... Yeah. So they can sell it as like a whole thing. Like but the WWF is going to be owned like Lucasfilm is and all it's that. It's mental yeah, yeah. that it wasn't always like that. Yeah, because yeah. they uh, it's just one family. They all used to sell uh, toys, didn't they? There was like oh, yeah. and and rest, t-shirts and everything. And the big toys. fingers. It's yeah. um, big phone fingers. It's, it's, big fingers. It's, it's family entertainment. It's just like it's spectacular. It's, it's yeah. a spectacle. It's, it's, a, it's a great show. Like the wrestling in Edinburgh. It's just like a really or like, like big see, production. Go and see of, a yeah. gig. It's just like you go out for like a night out. It's it's incredible. So. Um, do you know much about like Hulk Hogan? Because Hulk Hogan started off as being Hulk Hogan, yeah. and then he became Hollywood. So Hogan. that's basically like the biggest surprise thing, pretty much, that's ever happened. So Hulk Hogan is like, you know, I know Hogan, yeah, yeah, but you know, like how important he was to like the American dream of yeah, yeah. You know, he, like was like sort of, he was sort of like, like a superhero, prayers he? and you can eat be, their vitamins and stuff. You can mm. be a, a, a bald. Man with hair around the back. Like it's sort of Terry like Terry Nutkins, <laughs> wasn't he? Terry Nutkins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, His real name is Terry as well. Is it? You can, uh, you can be Terry with bleach blonde Terry Nutkins haircut uh, and not really a six-pack. There's line and moustache. A beer gut. Uh, Handlebar moustache. 
Uh, and you can be the biggest hero in uh, America in Gremlins 2 the new batch um, <laughs> you can be like the biggest hero in America and then he was like yeah he was yeah. the American dream but he then was in uh, Rocky 3 as well wasn't when, that, when that got a bit tired like and people started to go well that's a bit lame like well he'd done a couple of films that were very Christian good as well kind of bit of America then they had to do something with him so then they turned him into a bad guy oh did they yeah Ah. And he came back. He had, he had black stubble, didn't he? Yeah. Have you got a picture? Can you get a picture? He had black stubble. He and had he wore black, black trousers outfit. and a black bandana. Quite black, like that. Black, yeah. Little group. They bring him back as a baddie. Mm. Yeah. And he had like. So why did he go bad? Uh, because he made Santa with muscles. <laughs> <laughs> That's <a> quite something. <laughs> What's the film? There's a film. Uh, it's either Suburban Commando or Mr. Trouble Nanny. in Paradise. No, it's, it's, it's uh, there, there he is. is. So it was oh, so he's just literally drawn black paint on his face. Yeah. To be like stubble, yeah. Well, he's, well, no, he's Carlo de Stubble. Very weird. Hollywood Hogan. How old yeah. was he here? So he's probably in his fifties. Yeah, this, this is late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, it? it's two thousand or so. So basically, now what is he? He's got to be in his like late sixties. Well, he's had all that sex stuff happen, hasn't he? Yeah. Look at that <laughs> terrible business. <laughs> he looks like Bluto yeah. from Popeye. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but there's people that look at this and they take this side of it seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, he's got drawn on stubble. <laughs> he looks it's like Fred Flintstone's got that as well isn't he he's got that kind of stubble I'd love that stubble I can't grow a beard <laughs> no I can't really I've got a very it's bitty right. yeah, it's alright I just not can't bad. get this bit here yeah did you uh, so there's the beginning credits of one of his films it's either Mr Nanny or Suburban Commando where Hulk Hogan is riding along like a highway uh, on his motorbike and in the background uh, of the shot a man is throwing a dog into a river. <laughs> and the, the, the is, that, is that a key to the story? <laughs> no, it's nothing to do with it. It's not they do found it, it They just happened to it, find... It, it, it just, just while they were filming, uh, in the background of a shot, there's a man <laughs> that's throwing a dog into a river. It's like, it, it's just like this thing where you go, what? Hang on a minute. It's fucking... Oh. It's not part of the film. And he's throwing it in a fun it's way, just, or is he no, trying to... He's really trying to drown his dog. abusing a dog in the background of one of the shots. Is that Hulk Hogan's fault, though? It's not Hulk Hogan's fault. <laughs> I hope it's Mr. Nanny. Where it'd be like real... In fact, they're both kids, maybe. I, I think it must be Mr. Nanny because he's on a bike. As opposed to if he was Suburban Commando, <laughs> he would be on a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. How many films have they made that are like that? Because there's um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's a nanny, isn't well, he? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I so how many tough guy nannies are no, there? No, Arnold Schwarzenegger's not a nanny. Arnold Schwarzenegger's oh, a kid. Yeah, but the same sort of uh, thing. But it, so, so basically, Schwarzenegger, <laughs> same to me. Schwarzenegger created the blueprint on how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a big guy with muscles and yeah. you want to get into the entertainment industry, you make a couple of films where you beat people up. Yeah. And then you make a family film. And the best way to do that is to basically... Um, Revert type and uh, what's it like a play against type? Play against yeah. type. Um, but what's that um, when you f flip expectations? Yeah, like uh, what's, the, what's the what's the what's the word? The you is it revert expectations? Yeah, I don't think it subvert is. subvert expectations. That's the word. Um, you thank you, Jan. I, I wouldn't be too smug about that because <laughs> I don't know why I was. I can't believe I can remember that word myself. It's fucking. I mean, it took me that long as well. We'll so. cut that out in the edit. Um, oh, it's live. Keep it in. Um, uh, live two Happy weeks Easter. in keep the future. It, keep it light. Um, Four weeks. So uh, eating so, a chocolate egg. So what you do is you get Arnold Schwarzenegger and you go uh, <laughs> eating a chocolate. Come on, guys, let's stay on topic. <laughs> Um, so you get Arnold Schwarzenegger and it'd be like how to make this funny wow he's Danny DeVito's twin yes not Arnie yes I'm laughing just thinking about it <laughs> um, and then you go what, did you, what can we do with Arnold Schwarzenegger now well we'll make him a 
kindergarten teacher in kindergarten. Oh, I'm laughing just thinking about it. And then you go, <laughs> well, what do we do now? He'll, well, he'll be the first pregnant man. <laughs> and it's like a ball. A blueprint. It's an yeah. absolutely castrated version of what you can really do with it. But, um, and then the, everyone's done that. Like The Rock has done the yeah. Tooth Fairy, where, what do you do with The Rock? Well, he's the Tooth Fairy. No, not the Tooth Fairy. Um, and then you've got The Pacifier starring Vin Diesel. If I if I wanted to start a career in film, how would you like plan my trajectory? What would be my... Plan your trajectory? Yeah, like how would you get me into films? How would I... Uh, it, what would be your game plan for me? I, if I was to make a film about you, uh, I would recommend about that... Uh, uh, <laughs> I won't make a film about you. Um, if I was to... How would I recommend that you get into films? Mm. Um, as in star in a movie? Yeah. Well, I don't think you're. I don't think you could put you in like a kindergarten thing. So they wouldn't be like, oh, imagine if well, Joey Page was in a kindergarten. I mean, the problem is no one knows where I'm in the first place. But just so let's say like I did. I just want to know what your theory. It wouldn't is. seem like it'd be like get me over. You'd have to shave the moustache off. I can do that. Okay. I do it this afternoon. You're not. <laughs> you're not going out near any kids like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So another one of my big loves. Yeah, yeah. things that I'm a fan of. Is, well, is you should play a song. What? Are you going to play the song that <laughs> I play picked? Song. Well, because well, that's what it leads into. Oh wait, yeah. yeah go see, on. I've go. done this before. This radio okay. stuff. I don't like it when people come on and tell <laughs> us how to do our show. <laughs> I'm uh, just going to do a nice segue into the really song you're going to play. Go on, now do it. Really fucking annoying. WTF. <laughs> 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 I mean, I've got headphones on. Come on. Uh, okay. Go on. No, so another sort of eccentric, weird person that I like yeah. is um, the guy that who's on the track that I brought in for you to play, which is a Mad rapper. Villain. Well, it's that's the name of like two guys together, but the the guy that raps on it, and I know you're a big <laughs> fan of rap, Nick. I do. I do like rap. Um, We've got two versions of this it's song. It's called MF Doom, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know MF right. Doom. So, and this is why I like because he is uh, a really eccentric guy. Basically, he is a super villain. Yeah, and uh, he wears a Doctor Doom mask from yeah. the Fantastic Four comics. But sometimes he doesn't turn up at his own gigs. He sends someone else in the mask. Yeah. And once and it was, like wasn't, and didn't Moss Def do it once? Yeah. Mm. And... Uh, He's just another really eccentric guy, and I think that's the sort of thing. I uh, quite like people actually don't really know a lot about him, right? No, he's kind of quite incognito. Yeah, it's a nice, nice he's idea. Like, he's like the Daniel Kitson of hip hop. That's how I often describe him. <laughs> really? Because Daniel Kitson often does quite confessional hip hop, three hours. No, shows. but as in like he doesn't. Oh, you know quite a lot about pick, pick Daniel Kitson, I think. <laughs> I think it'd be possible to piece together quite a lot of information about Daniel Kitson just by oh, going yeah, to see one could, of his shows. You could piece together quite a lot of information about him. I think he's probably uh, what you've done. Not a lot there. of public appearances, etc., and what, he's brilliant at what he does. What you've done there is you've used the wrong person for your analogy. Who who should we have used? Great. Yeah, this is this is good. Great. <sighs> oh yeah. <laughs> Hold a cold one like he hold an old gun Like he hold a microphone and stole the show for fun Or a foe for ransom Flows is handsome Holes in tandem Anthem Random Tantrum Phantom of the Grand Ole Opry Ask the dumb hottie Mask pump shoddy Somebody stop me Hardly come sloppy on a retarded hard copy After rockin' parties he departed in a jalopy 
Watch the drop top poppy known as the grimy, limey, slimy, try me, blimey. Simply smashing in a fashion that's timely. Mad villain dashing in a beat rhyme crime spree. Sorry, um, I'm, uh, we've got a twat in the uh, studio. <laughs> <laughs> I've not put your, I've not put your microphone up, Jerry. <laughs> it's quite nice to put some music under when you're having a chat. Did the song finish? Oh, sorry, I had to go for a wee fan clubbers. Uh, <laughs> I faded it down early so that I could take over the desk. <laughs> I know, it's very funny. Uh, so, uh, so we've got Jerry Page uh, on fan club today, um, uh, in to talk about pizza, wasting <laughs> wasting your time. Oh, and we can't, we sort of we sort of zip so through. What's your, fa- your favourite pizza? Uh, it depends on my mood. Uh, Natalie, <laughs> can you understand now why we didn't want him on as a guest? <laughs> so uh, you so, did. So, what's your favourite pizza? What's your favourite pizza? <laughs> hmm. uh, what I would say, do you know what? Um, what I would say, which uh, surprises me as much as anyone else, uh, is that my favourite pizza is a gluten-free... Do you uh, have gluten problems? No, but uh, my girlfriend does. Right. It's uh, a gluten-free uh, vegan pizza from Fereza. Okay. He's got uh, a I re- in the cash. I really like... Um, uh, uh, I really like uh, vegan... Cheese on a pizza. It's like I think vegan cheese is disgusting. But I don't know. Ever had vegan on a cheese. pizza, it's really nice. It's like uh, really soft melted brie. Okay. Uh, it's quite gooey. Gooey. Come on, girl. Let's get gooey. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, another of our characters, Noel Edmonds. Um, <laughs> oh, can I tell you this? Uh, Maybe. Why, why is the sound so low in my headphones? Oh, because it was so loud when I put your headphones on. I turned it down a bit. Oh, what? Hello, 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 hello. Oh, there we go. That's much better. Ah, um, the soft, relaxing. My wife. Sounds of my voice. Your wife. Your wife. Um, oh, you, got no married, married. Didn't you? you got married. Yeah, I got married. Uh, I like that. I can talk about that. We like haven't got time. No. We should brought it up earlier, if anything. <laughs> no, my mm. wife showed me a picture of a guy once that really looked like Noel Edmonds. And mm. It made me laugh so much <laughs> that she, uh, every year at Christmas, will get me a present and it'll be like him on like, a key ring or in a bauble. Because it's Noel. Rob, Rob Reason. Rob Reason. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and Nat's fan club <laughs> on Fubar Radio. <laughs> it's not an anecdote. It's not <laughs> an anecdote. <laughs> but actually, um, though, so, Natalie, can you, can you Google just, Rob Reason uh, for me? Because I do want to see him. find it. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get a picture. <laughs> you saw a bloke who looked like Noel Edmonds, but wasn't Noel Edmonds. While we're waiting for the picture, uh, hey, Nat, what is the real first name of Baby, Jennifer Grey's character in Dirty Dancing? The real name? Mm-hmm. Oof. Francis? It's Francis. Uh, but I only got that from Natalie shouting through the glass. Yeah, I know. Uh, she was cheating. Um, oh, this one. In, in which 1990s movie did Tom Hanks play a lawyer suffering from AIDS? Philadelphia? Yeah. I've not seen it, but I know what it's about. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't really. It looks <laughs> like does. a cross between Noel Edmonds and uh, Jesus Weirdly, Sean Bean playing uh, Jesus. <laughs> Noel Edmonds. It is. Um, yeah, when I when I did uh, Deal or No Deal, uh, before you went on set, uh, there'd be uh, pictures, life-size pictures of Noel Edmonds no. dressed as God. No. It's just the last thing you see before you go on. Why? Who knows? Has he put them there? 
Well, he, no, he certainly knows about him. He would have insisted. <laughs> he hasn't told anyone to take them down, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway. I can imagine you doing something like that. Oh, is it that? Yeah, it's a joke, but not for yeah, but real. Maybe he's doing it as a joke. But Joey, yeah. um, you're one of my favourite guests <laughs> that we've ever had on. I just don't know where this conversation is going to go next. <laughs> um, so we're going to... Uh, I, I mean... I'm, 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 I've never done this, but I'm really kind of pushing to let me start the game soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about your favourite pizza. No, that was I was being I, I was just being sarcastic. Oh. That. What's your favourite food? No, it's pizza, but I didn't think it, I wasn't bringing <laughs> oh, it in as a genuine topic. Oh my topic. god, fuck this! Um, what's your favourite pizza? <laughs> well, it depends on your mood. Doesn't no, it, it doesn't. What's yeah, your, it does. Wait, okay, what's your favourite pizza company to order from? Oh, Domino's. Domino's, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course. I remember. Uh, it must be 1987. Maybe 1988. Uh, it was always Pizza Hut, and then yeah. I went around someone's house. Are you a lot a, older than me then? I'm yeah, I'm four years older than you. Right, so you would still have been. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, I remember in the late 80s, maybe it was 1989. Um, uh, can you pay attention? You've brought this up and I'm trying to I, make well, some Well, I used to work at Pizza I Hut. I think I had my first Pizza Hut in 89. Because I remember I had it in the Metro Centre in Newcastle. I cannot believe we got to the stage now where, <laughs> where no one's even listening to what I'm saying. Uh, I went around someone's house uh, and uh, they... It was a, a meat feast. It was a Domino's. Right. First Domino's I've ever had. Yeah. It's got the uh, semolina, yeah, the, the uh, cornmeal, the yeah. dusting cornmeal, and uh, it's a game changer. I, I remember my first Papa John's uh, because it was also my last Papa John's. Oh, yeah, I, I hate Papa John's. Me too. Pa- Papa American. John's is fucking awful. Uh, if you're lucky enough to get a Papa John's without the uh, uh, filling smeared all over the inside of the box, then uh, <laughs> you, you, you're in for a fortnight of diarrhoea. Um, <laughs> Papa John's Allegedly Allegedly <laughs> Papa John's is the worst fucking pizza It's just absolutely disgusting I hate his fucking face As he's there going like Oh it's the best ingredients Yeah but look what you've done with those ingredients mm. Papa Pops Pops Father John Misty Pop. Do you like him? Papa Nah No <laughs> Um, uh, Papa John's I like is the, him. So Papa John's okay. is the worst. Domino's is the best. Pizza Hut is. It's I, fallen way behind. But a Pizza Hut, I would only really have a Pizza Hut if I was having like a, a buffet, a retro buffet. Yeah, that's yeah. what I quite fancy. It's those salads with bacon in or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I like the whole thing. I like the whole experience and a, a, um, a bottomless tango. Mm. Yeah. Just I actually, know what I want a Pizza Hut now. I'd have a yeah. Pizza Hut buffet, but I wouldn't um, have it delivered. And then a Ferreza if you're really, you know, uh, pushing the boat out. If you, you know. Yeah. If you if you want to get some, right, then you say, hey, why don't you come over and have a Fraser? Gluten free. <laughs> so so there's that? no bloating. Um, I <laughs> I was the only member of waiting staff at Pete's Hut Bexley Heath to get free 100% uh, mystery shoppers in a row. Wow. So and you now they shut that store them? down. So and because you left. Yeah. No, Hang on, what's this bullshit? I, I was a waiter in Pizza Hut for about four years yeah. when I was younger. And I got three shoppers. 100% mystery shoppers in a row. So you were perfect. It was a yeah. perfect... Yeah. How do you perfect, perfect visits. Perfect. So you were really good at that? I was really good at it as a waiter. I should have stuck at that. That must be reassuring to know that you've yeah. always got, got that to go that. back to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember one of the first times I saw you in Edinburgh, you were dressed up as David Bowie handing out flyers. I think I was just dressed as how I used to dress, and it might have looked a bit similar to what David Bowie might no, wear. No, you had your face painted. Did I? Yeah. I don't remember that. I might Must be thinking of week. someone else, actually. Yeah. Maybe it's David Bowie. No. And he didn't do Edinburgh, I don't think. <laughs> Did he not? He might have done. I think it was uh, Timmy, Man- <laughs> Timmy Manners. 
Timmy Mallet. Timmy Manners. <laughs> I remember Timmy Manners. I don't. He used to host the Electric Mouse. Yeah, and his own gig it was called Comedy on the Hill. Sorry, guys, uh, this has been. Um, <laughs> oh, is this on? Please take, <laughs> please take solace. I thought it was still that Mad Villain track. Please playing. take solace in the fact that it's Easter, it's Good Friday, and uh, Goodwill to all men. Goodwill to all men. You're probably doing something much better uh, at the moment. It's odd. Um, uh, please, uh, don't. If, if <laughs> please don't tell your friends about this one. <laughs> don't tell your friends about this one. And if it is the first time, you were thinking about giving us a review. Maybe hold off to one of our. <laughs> oh, I'd, like, I'd be interested shows. to see what reviews this gets. Actually, they were, it won't. It will just be people will go. I heard the heard. I heard fan club, and we won't know which one. Can we delete this one, stars. Natalie? Before can it goes, can we just delete it? Because this is a pre-record. We don't actually have to release. We don't have to put this out. Do we we'll just release the best off instead. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm filming reluctant landlord at the moment, so I'm I'm, I'm 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 all right. I'm just very busy, but this one is a disappointment. So let's we can go. always do. It. We can always do it. Get me and Nat could do it if you want. Uh, you no. step out for half an hour. Why don't you we'll redo this bit? Oh, you mean Nat, as in yeah. Nathaniel? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, that was an option. I have come <laughs> in on my day off to do this, uh, and Nat did say to me three weeks ago that I was irreplaceable. So, uh, in your face, Joey Page. Let's play this fucking game. <laughs> so the game, Joey. You have to say if the next person is better or worse than the person before. All right. Starting with Antonio Banderas. Right. Is Mick Hucknall better or worse than Antonio Banderas? Better. He's worse. He's worse. <laughs> it's entirely based on my own opinion. I mean, it's, they're both low cards. No, they're not. Antonio Banderas is brilliant. Yeah, Antonio no, Banderas no. is brilliant, yeah. The Colin Firth. But I didn't know we were... Worse. I didn't know... Are we judging on you? Just my own opinion. Right, OK. Can I start again? Well, no. It wasn't really explained to me. All right, well, uh, go right. It wasn't explained. Uh, <laughs> Colin Firth, is he better or worse than Mick Hucknall? Mm, better. Lettuce. He is better, yeah. yeah. Is Mariah Carey better or worse than Colin Firth? Worse. She is worse. Is Kieran Knightley better or worse than Mariah Carey? Better. Mm, worse. Uh, worse, I think. Probably worse. Worse. Kieran Knightley never sung All I Want For Christmas Is You. Kieran Knightley. Oh, oh, Pierce Brosnan, better or worse. Was it in love, actually? Maybe better. Pierce Brosnan is better than Kira Knightley. Mm. Rennie Zellweger, better or worse, worse. than Pierce Brosnan? Worse, Probably worse. I, I do really like her. her. She's a high I card. I like her. She's a really high card. Laura Dern, better or worse than Rennie Zellweger? Better. Better, yeah. Val Kilmer, better or worse than Laura better. Dern? Worse. Ah. Worse. Martin Freeman, better or worse than Val Kilmer? Worse. Uh, worse. worse. I'm going to say better. No, he's no, not. He's, worse. he's actually not. Okay. Since he's done them Vodafone adverts, worse. Have you seen that island of Dr. Moreau? I, think. I, I don't need to. Um, <laughs> he's, he's worse. Uh, and I've seen The Doors recently, and I, you can't judge Val Kilmer negatively anymore. I've got to say he's better. He's so incredible in that. I've got to say he's better. Who, who, so how many Is Val Kilmer better or worse than fucking Martin Freeman? I'm going to say Martin Freeman is better. No, that's, but that's incorrect. Okay. Uh, you have your opinion there, mate. It's my opinion. That's what it's based on. Five for Joey Page. Five for Joey Page. Well, you didn't do bad there, Joey. No, you didn't. I right. had a bad start. You got five, and you're there in good company with uh, Yasmin Akram, Rob Deering, Jack Barry, Bunny Galore, Taylor Glenn, and Katie Wilkins from the Drunk Women Solving. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Crimes. No, that's no, four. That's four. Oh, no, you're in a small group there mm -hmm. of Yasmin Akram and Rob Deering. Yeah. Uh, you're not as good as John Niven, Sian Harris with 10, Daniel Cook, Daniel Lawrence Taylor, Michael Legg, Solomon Gray with 9, Claudia Blakeney, Jordan Brooks, Suze Kipner, Evelyn Mock, Paul F. Taylor, Rebecca Shorks, Rebecca Shorks, Mark Smith, Carl Hebold with 8, Hayley Carroll, Brett Goldstein, Tom Goodman, Hill, Charlie Higson, Matthew Holness, Jim Hoskin, Laura Lex, Esther Smith, Ian Smith, Josh Whittacombe, Sean McLaughlin with 7, Drunk Women Solving Crime, Colin Holt, Andy Kindler, Marit Larwood, Lucy Porter, John Robbins, Richard Sandling, Mark Simmons, David Trent, 
came with six, but you are better than Jack Barry, Bunny Glore, Taylor Glenn, and Katie Wilkins with four, and Sam Ashurst with three. You were in a double up with Sam Ashurst, weren't you? No, he, he was my hype man. That's all we've got time for, for this week. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for joining us, Joe. Thank you for joining us, and uh, that's been a lo- it's been a lovely, delightful it trip, has been. trip down <laughs> memory lane. Um, <laughs> no, thanks for coming in. Um, no, thanks for having me. And what's the name of your show? It's too late for that, isn't it? Well, Edinburgh's coming up, isn't it? Uh, it's close after, to that, probably. Afterlife, which is a nightmare because there's already now a sitcom. Oh, is that Ricky Gervais? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll really be changing it. Well. And we'll be changing it. You will be changing it, but, yeah. uh, but uh, stay tuned uh, for regular updates on the <laughs> name changes of Jerry Page's new show. Uh, not, not on this show, not on this show, but probably Jerry will be mentioning it on his no, own. No, I don't talk about my comedy on the, the music show. Crazy. Hmm? <laughs> that crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> you think... Okay. Just came on our show to do it. Yeah. Four weeks early, but late. Um, okay. Happy Easter, guys. <laughs> Happy Easter, Happy everyone. Easter. Uh, I don't know what song I'm playing, but why are we playing Breakfast in Bed? No, that's next one. <laughs> Not that one. That's for next week. So we don't have a song. A fucking. Uh, oh, oh, Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, we're just gonna have to play Rhinestone Cowboy again for fuck's sake. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, this is this is good. Great stuff. <sighs> oh yeah. Hold a cold one like he hold a old gun like he hold the microphone and stole the show for fun. You've been listening to a Fubar Radio podcast. For more information, go to fubarradio.com.